Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas for $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Happy New Year! The year of sandwiches. Oh uh, my gosh, we did it. We well, we got out. Yes, we then, got out. It's like that point where you think we're safe, like in a in a horror movie, where you're like, oh, thank God, we got out, and then like you turn and there's just another horror awaiting you on the other side. That's why I don't sound very enthused, which is so sad, but it's kind of like after a year of like <laughs> so much stress, yeah. I'm just still trying to catch my breath. I'm just like, whew, well, I think we're okay. <laughs> I, think, I think we're all a little afraid to get our hopes up uh, with good reason, especially because I'm still being tagged in all the tweets that say like, remember when Christine mm-hmm. said 2020 was going to be great and she feels like she has nothing to complain about. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I know. So now I'm just going to not say, a, I'm not even going to say I, I want a sandwich because Lord knows we're going to have a bread <laughs> shortage and that would be my worst nightmare. Come Actually, wow. I didn't even know. I'm how telling could- you. I didn't know how we could manifest a bad sandwich prediction, but, um, hmm. Okay. So everyone be careful with your bread. Just hang on real tight, whether it's your sourdough, your rye, whatever you like. Just sourdough for me. Thanks. What was the bread that your mom made that I stole from you? Stole and like put conditioner all over the mirrors. Cause that bread was delicious. My mother makes very good bread. She drops it off at our house. That's one of the perks of moving home is she drops off a loaf of bread at our house like every week. Um, does she say anything or does she just leave it in no, the No, she literally like- will just leave it here. And sometimes she forgets her key and it'll just be like on the porch in the rain. And I'm like, cool, but I'm going to eat it anyway. Duly noted. So if you want to uh, just completely be a, a crazy murderer. Triangulate and you get me. It- <laughs> You just got to find Christine's house and then you just leave bread there and she'll eat it. It doesn't matter. It's the matter. house in Kentucky where, the, oh, I thought you were going to say it's a house in Kentucky where there's a loaf of bread just sitting on the porch. That's me. <laughs> no, I'm, you could just switch it out with poison bread. She'll never oh, know. Got She's it. just going to gobble it up. Oh, know? I see. Do you have any other ways maybe people could end my life this year in 2021 that have Plenty. to do with sandwiches, apparently? Plenty. Uh, we'll stick with that one for this episode and every episode we'll just do a- Fun. How to murder Christine this time. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Well, uh, anyway, I'm looking at 2021, the new year, as like, I know things are not different as far as like, you know, from one hour to the next, but I feel like it's symbolically, it's a good like start over, like fresh start, you know, just let's try again. Let's try again. It's (laughs) it's the redo year that they'll be talking about in history books. Yeah. Yeah. They're like the aftermath of the apocalypse, like the uh the rebuilding, you know. The we will rebuild, yeah. 
it's exactly. Been, it's been a rough. What? How many? We're six days in, and we're getting we're getting there. We're six days in, and I'm already like kind of like forming nervous ticks, just like in case <laughs> something goes down. I like I I remember seeing all the videos, you know, a week ago. I'm talking about it like it was yesteryear. I guess it was. It was. But um, but all these videos of people being like, we're gonna walk real quietly into yes. 2021. <laughs> Not going to touch anything. We're just going to touch anything. <laughs> just look around and see what happens. It's like what and- my parents told me when we went to like any toy store. <laughs> like, Don't touch anything. The grocery store, because I was prone to steal a lot of food from the grocery store as a child. Uh, were but- you? Were you like Oliver, Oliver Twist? <laughs> I guess so. I would just, I was really captivated by packaging. Like I was very easy to trick. And so oh my uh, God. if it was within stroller arm reach, I would oh, grab I see. it. It wasn't like you were like 10 and you were like, I got to pocket all these goods. No, no, no. Like, I mean, I did think that, but it wasn't like I wasn't going to get food if I went home without grabbing things. (laughs) But my parents would go shopping and then we would get in the car and they'd be like, I didn't buy that. Did you buy that? And I would just have like a, like a, like I'd be hoarding them. Just little snacks. You were like, I bought it. Don't worry, mom. (laughs) I bought it. (laughs) I gave a wink to the cashier. She knew what it meant. So apparently (laughs) she you gave one of those Gemini smiles and she was like, all right. I, I sure did. I, I wish I was a schmoozer from the beginning. <laughs> that does not surprise me at all. Apparently once I was in a stroller next to a kid in another stroller and I just like took their pacifier. I never like had a pacifier growing up. I just took their pacifier, put it in my mouth and then Wait spit it out and said, that's gross in German and then put it back in their mouth. And my mom was like, yeah, that's how you lived your what life. What if that was me and I'll and I still have this weird memory of like this weird German kid just grabbed my pacifier and then insulted my product and then threw it back at me. I was like, I'm just captivated by packaging, but it was really tricky me because it really wasn't as good as it made it out to be. But maybe that was you. That would have been wow. You know, to what this day, I'm still really intrigued by um like mouth like my like chewy um I'm trying to avoid saying the embarrassing way of this, but I don't know another way. Um, so I am one of those people who like really wish that it was socially acceptable as an adult to like have something to chew on, like a chew toy. Uh-huh. Like um, I think I've told you about this before, but like there are just some things you look at and you're like, wow, my molars I are bite, itching. Bite are that. itching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's uh, specifically like Dr. Scholl's foot inserts. <gasps> Ew. And- Every time I well, it'd be clean. I would just go buy it at the store. Yeah, but, but it's every probably time, filled with who knows what. I don't care. My my molars don't. Okay, care. this is how we're and gonna make... kill M this year. We're gonna put Doctor Scholl's inserts inside a sandwich <laughs> and say, "Here you go." Look, my jaw calls the shots, and, and when it comes to this kind of stuff, but I see it and I'm like, I just want to chew the shit out of you. Oh my god. So, uh, so yeah, you could kill me that way. You could put some weird stuff. I'm in gonna that put plastic. it in your sandwich. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it could be a Doctor Scholl's foot sandwich. That'd be fine. Okay. <laughs> spit everywhere (laughs) anyway i'm saying like if adults could have pacifiers like i might have one purely to just chew i bet you they do make like for people with oral fixations as as you seem to have um i bet you they do make like something you can chew on like a pencil you can actually chew on or something yeah or like the pencil erasers in middle Uh school okay i would chew on those like i remember the taste still to this very day Mm -hmm. well anyway i have the oral fixation because a little german baby stole my (laughs) oh i caused great so here we are the most freudian thing ever (laughs) you're telling me in our adult life that i caused your childhood trauma and oral fixation got it got it and now i'm planning to murder you because i guess you're my dad or something you're welcome you're welcome anyway uh happy 2021 man uh and uh hopefully 
this is another wonderful year for, and that's why we drink. We're coming up on four years now. I know another wonderful year, just like the year we <laughs> bailed on our whole tour and questioned our entire sanity. And I, I will. Okay. We did question our sanity. We did bail on our tour, but I will say in terms of, uh, if our if fingers crossed our podcast you know goes goes on for a very long time this is probably the most relaxing year we'll ever have that's again. true it was like we were preparing <laughs> mentally for travel and then we suddenly stayed home a lot and you it's and like, i are hey, good at staying home take a nap for a year because things are about to get real rocky yeah, in 2021 yeah. like you're gonna be doing a lot of stuff that's so. true and the year after the it was the year after the like mega tour where we had to record and do everything on top of itself so it was kind of like wait it we was self care. Have to record, yeah, yeah. Self care. We deserved it. We deserved yeah. it. So, so. Uh, anyway, I was thinking because we just kind of—I don't know if we necessarily made predictions for ourselves. I did make my sandwich prediction last episode about 2021, um, and that's going well. A lot of people have asked me already if I've been having sandwiches. The answer is yes, plenty. Um, but in terms of predictions, I think that this is a very delightful episode uh, topic that I'm going to cover for you oh. today. Can I make um? Can I say something before we like yeah. for the intro before we start? Mm-hmm. I'm. I know you just said it was going to be delightful, and now I'm just going to make everybody bummed <laughs> out again. <laughs> so I, I heard the word delightful, and I went, "Wait!" You um, went the 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 brakes screeched shut. <laughs> <laughs> I'm turning this car around, kids. Before we get to M's lovely story, okay. I'm sure I'm already. I meant to text you this morning, M, and I. I texted you about something else, and then I figured you might be sleeping, and so I forgot to text you. So I was sleeping. Okay. Well, so I, I, I'm going to bring down the mood. I'm sorry, real quick, but also bring up the mood. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe it'll even out. But I just wanted to say thank you to everybody who reached out after I made a very uh, dramatic slash vulnerable post on Instagram mm. and made a YouTube video. And I know I, – I don't know. I guess I assume everyone sees our Instagram, but I'm sure like – only a small percentage of people do um, I guess or so, follow yeah. my YouTube channel. But for everybody um, who's like, what's going on? Um, I made a video for YouTube. Um, I, okay, I should I just say, I guess I should just say it, huh? Yeah, just say it. I'm not good at being. I mean, it's literally your life. So oh, I'm not God. actually going to tell you what to do. You do whatever you want. I'm just going <sighs> to you. You're not going to tell me what to, since when? <laughs> I'm not going to talk. I'm not going to tell you what to do about this. That's for damn sure. Okay, fine. <laughs> um, I asked Em to tell me what to do all the time, and Em's like, "No, I'm not on this one. Don't put me in charge, please." This, this one's on you. This I'm one's not- on me. <laughs> um, so don't worry, everybody. Everything's fine. But I, I had okay. So last year, I had three miscarriages consecutively. I had to write this down, Em, because I got too nervous to like wing it. Um, you wrote a speech. I wrote a speech. <laughs> Sit down. Stop interrupting my speech. Oh, sorry. Right. Okay. My bad. My bad. <laughs> Um, anyway, it was a very tough year for everybody. Uh, this is not part of my speech. Now I'm nervous. Everyone thinks I'm like reading. Just read, just read, just read the paper okay, fine, in front fine, of fine. you. <laughs> to whom it may concern. Okay. Watching other people's videos was very helpful for me last year because I had, I went through kind of a tough time where I only, you know, was able to connect with like friends and family. And so I was watching a lot of other people's YouTube videos about their own experiences with miscarriages and infertility, et cetera. And it made me feel a lot better and less alone. And so I thought, you know what, I wasn't going to say anything anywhere on the podcast or online, but then I was like, you know what, if this just helps like one person, um, I'm going to just put it out there. Yeah. Yeah. So I did. And I made a video about like what happened and like how I got through it and the quote unquote tips that helped me like, I don't know, deal with it. 
like, oh God. Well, you have to watch the video. Wink. Okay. Um, <laughs> Emma's going to steal it from the grocery store and not pay for it and ask me for the direct information. That's for sure. That's for sure. <laughs> I guess the Spark Notes, I already forget. I'm so nervous. Uh, the Spark Notes was like uh, journaling and um, doing nothing. That would really help me. And it's hard for me to do like, I mean, it's not hard for me to do nothing like lay in bed, but it's hard for me to do nothing like just lay there or, you know, just watch Netflix. So that was really helpful. Um, Anyway, I just like I posted that and I didn't know how it was going to go. And I wasn't sure like what people how people would react. But everybody was it was like the most mind blowing. Like I went to a doctor's appointment. I got out and it was like, you have 3000 comments. And I was like, holy crap. And it was just the most. Like people were DMing me and saying like, hey, I, I." some people literally said like I had three miscarriages this year too. Like, I mean, it was just really crazy how many people were like, I haven't told anyone. And, you know, I so I connected with a lot of people. I was very thankful. And I just, it made me very humbled and very just like, holy crap. Sometimes it gets lost on me, like how awesome our little community is. And I think it's kind of bananas how, um, how common it is but yeah. i think a lot of people are afraid to talk about it so and that's the other thing is like i talked about how everyone i knew not everyone i knew but a lot of people were like oh it's so common it's so common but that doesn't make it like any easier or like less scary or tough and so i think it gets lost in the like oh it's really normal but also nobody talks about it so it's like that weird right. gray area of like well now what so anyway i'm just so thankful for all of you and i love you all so much and i am just I don't know. I, I went to the new year th- feeling like, okay, at least we have all these awesome people that listen to us and support us. And I'm just so thankful. Well, also, well, yeah, well, I was, I was going to say, cause it, I, I think it's like wild how common it, it is, but everyone's kind of afraid to talk about yeah, it. Or, yeah. So I think you probably did m- more of a, a good than I think you realize. Cause I'm sure there's a lot of people out there, especially last year who I get to finally say last year, but all the people <laughs> who like, we're home alone and dealing with that. Yeah. Like, I think you talking about it probably made a lot of people feel more comfortable well, in their I, own struggles. So. I hope so. And I appreciate that because I, I, I mean, full disclosure, it was like really helpful for me personally, like cathartic. And I, I'm from a German family. We don't really talk about things emotionally speaking. And so I was like very surprised how many people yeah, wrote to me and like how much of an impact it had on me personally. And so, yeah, sometimes. Yeah. So I'm glad it went both ways. And, um, Anyway, I love you, Em. I'm just feeling very like grateful for everybody, including you. And <laughs> I did. I did nothing. What are you, you talking did. about? You did. You are very You're supportive welcome. and kind, and I'm just thankful for everybody. So I just made you eat food with me. That was it. <laughs> Do you know how many people would pay for that privilege, Em? And I get it for free. I just. Remember, I guess that's true. I don't know. I. I just remember you telling me at least you know the first time I was like. Okay, let's go eat. <laughs> so I don't know how else to help you. You literally were like, "Do you want pizza?" I don't know. <laughs> Actually, you said, "I watch the Duggars." Don't worry, I can handle this. And I was like, "Okay." I, I literally the, Your uh, the point only, of reference was <laughs> the only point of reference I had, which I will say, in case people are upset with that comment at all, but like I did preface it with, "I'm so sorry, but this is the only information <laughs> I can give you." But I wouldn't have accepted I, anything less from you. Because I, I, my Christian story is the Duggars and the Bates, and they have a lot of babies. I was like, I've heard some things about miscarriages. And I was like, this is the only information I can provide. <laughs> if it's not useful, I'm an asshole. But no, if it is not. helpful, then let's go get asshole. food. And then let's get food. I mean, really, it was the, uh, it was everything I needed. So 
Yeah. Anyway, anyway I know. I, I know that was an awkward thing to just force into the beginning, but I just, just. It'd been way more everybody. awkward to force at the end. That's so. very true. Or in the middle, that would have been fun. That would have been like an intermission or like, like a commercial break. Hang on. I know you just talked about another mongoose in the walls, but I have something to say. <laughs> like, hmm, speaking of oddities. Hmm, um, okay. Well, anyway, you're. I'm glad you're feeling better. Yes? I am feeling a lot better. Yes. And I feel very connected to everybody. And if you do want to see that video, because um, I just was also amazed. It's like the, my most watched video on my YouTube channel now, which... <laughs> is interesting um but yeah i mean i guess we can just link it in the youtube our youtube or something i don't know let's try again so there was something delightful i wanted to talk about um <laughs> oh it was there weird <laughs> no, no no there was a it's actually not i guess the delightful is not necessarily the right word but i i was trying to find a parallel between this story and new year's and prediction is definitely oh uh, a, a word you would find in both of, of those topics so uh, this is definitely different. Hang on, let me close my bathroom door. I oh feel my like God, I echo. have some guesses. I you're not gonna get it. No. What is it? Nostradamus. No, but oh. that's a that's a great one. I would. I, I just it occurred occurred to me that would be a fun topic someday. Eva, Crystal write that balls. down. Nostradamus. Nostradamus, um, and don't even look up how to spell it. I want you to guess. <laughs> Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? You can grow lemon, avocado, olive, or fig trees inside your home on top of the wide variety of houseplants available. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. I am so thrilled that we are working with Fast Growing Trees. I spent about an hour and a half on the website trying to decide what I would love to order from their products. They have so many options and you can actually filter it by zones, by growing zones to make sure you know it'll work in your garden. Um, they have everything from massive privacy shrubs and trees to very, very specific flowers. I actually ended up ordering a lilac shrub for my garden. I recently discovered how much I love the smell of lilac and so I thought, you know what? Perfect chance. Why don't I get some lilac growing in my yard? I think it's going to smell beautiful. And I also got my mom a little lavender plant as an Easter present. Right now, they have some of the best deals online, like up to half off on select plants. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code DRINK at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code DRINK at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com code DRINK. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. You know when you've got the holidays, the new year, and then all of a sudden it's sort of back to the grind, especially if you run a small business, it can be really hard to get back into the swing of things, but Stamps.com is here to make that a little bit easier for you. Stamps.com streamlines all your mailing and shipping to turbocharge your operational efficiencies. For 25 years now, Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses, whether they're mailing out checks, invoices, legal documents, books, podcast branded koozies, maybe that's just us, or anything else. Get access to the USPS and UPS mailing services you need to run your business right from your computer anytime, day or night. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. And with rates you can't find anywhere else, like up to, get this, 89% off USPS and UPS, how could you go wrong? 
We have loved stamps.com for years, not quite 25, but since we started the podcast, which was 2017, and we could not get by without it. I remember there were days where we didn't have stamps.com, those I call the dark ages, and I was hand shipping everything and driving it on my lunch break to the post office. It was all very hectic. Stamps.com, I do it straight from my house, and it makes my life a trillion times easier. Keep your mailing and shipping moving at the speed of your business with stamps.com. Sign up with promo code DRINK for a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale no long-term commitments or contracts just go to stamps.com click the microphone at the top of the page and enter code drink well so this is uh i want to apologize because going into the year like i you would think that i'm gonna like stick with a real well apparently i just looked at our calendar we already released an episode on january 3rd so uh apparently this is our second episode anyway so you're clear you're good Hey, guess what? Go for it. Whatever. Uh, so, okay, well, to us, this is the first episode of the year because we're true, literally true, recording in January. You're but right. um, so I want to half apologize just because this isn't a paranormal story. This isn't supernatural. This is just weird. If I had to put it in any category, it's just weird. I love weird. Um, and uh, so there's no, <laughs> I just, if you were looking for spooky, I don't know if this would really fall into that category, but I have one to cover it and a few people have requested it. So I kind of just took that as, okay, what well, is it? this is, it's not even a story. This is just a list. Um, <laughs> I love a list. Come on. Uh, the, all the, the times that the Simpsons got the <gasps> future, right? Cool. And this <laughs> is cool and spooky. I it's, if you don't know about it, it's, it's just that the, the TV show, the Simpsons have, oddly guessed many things oh this is accurately. so fun um so i hope that it i'm sorry it's not ghosty or anything no but, but it is cr- it is creepy i feel like it's still it's what sort the of fuck? like mandela effecty like you know it's still definitely weird it's definitely like odd it's like mysterious uh-huh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh so anyway this is uh me talking about the simpsons uh, i assume eva knows this right because yeah knows yes. watches the simpsons okay uh, no, I, I actually, I think I told Eva about this one a while ago and I, there's just, a, there's a lot. It's really weird that how many things it's just, it's, it took a while. Cause I was also doing like a, additional research right before we recorded, uh, last night. So it's just uh, a lot. Woo-hoo. Can so, I make a note about the Simpsons real quick? When yeah. I was little, my school had a, an actual like assembly telling us not to watch the Simpsons. Why? Because they said it was like immoral. <laughs> I, listen catholic school was a, my parents are like wait we paid for what and i'm like oh yeah we had a whole assembly about and i remember my friend Alyssa, who will never admit to this but she was like head of the committee where they had to like make a powerpoint presentation of how terrible the simpsons was for your like <laughs> christian brain Calling and at that moment i literally out. was like i remember that moment being like that's my new favorite show and uh, from then on, it changed my life. Speaking of lists, can we? What I think it'd be a shorter list if Catholic schools told you what you can watch. Just yeah, that's so true. We're clear. That's true. Probably, probably not the, even the Duggars. Probably I was like, going to say so many, so few things. Um, well, certainly not the Simpsons. So if you were raised Catholic, oh, Veggie Tales. Okay, I got to be honest though, I did love the Veggie Tales. Veggie Tales was a good VHS. Yeah, I got to say. I did tell you I'm easy to trick. So in terms of like <laughs> luring me in as a child, I had no idea it was even religious until it was too late. I was just like, these songs kind of slap. And now <laughs> I mean, they do. They still and then do. I was like, why do I want to pray all of a sudden? What's <laughs> happening? Who's Isaiah? What's going on? 
Uh, anyway, so we'll do Veggie Tales and all of their craziness next week. Um, <laughs> I'm sure I could do like a. That very, would be fun. I was gonna say if I did a story that was kind of like the Grinch and how we saw Christmas. Oh my god! But I just covered the Veggie Tales. I feel like it could get weird. I feel like there's like a parting of the Red Sea with like a green bean. I don't know. You could probably come up with all sorts of stuff. There's definitely something about that. I all I know is that the little asparagus was my best friend. Oh, I up. love him. Yeah, I thought he was so cool. Here we are, The Simpsons. <laughs> different, different anthropomorphic things. This was my um, vice as a five year old, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I don't really know how to start this one because it's not really a story. So I'm just gonna just dive right into yeah, the notes. go for it. The Simpsons were created by Matt Groening. Um, and it was first a, I'm just trying to throw in some fun facts while I was at it. It was first debuted on the Tracy Ullman show in 1987 as a short before it got its own series. Um, and then two years later, uh, December 17th, 89, uh, the first episode came out on Fox. And ever since then, it has been the longest running scripted primetime series to ever air in the country. So they're coming up right now on their 700th episode. Oh my God. Which, like, we're almost halfway there. Whatever. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Get with it, Simpsons. Um, so I really just go straight into this. I tried to break these predictions down into different categories just so they were easier to kind of swallow. Because um, there is a lot of them. And very easy to get overwhelmed, uh, as you'll see. Because it certainly happened to me. So, oh! Sorry. I didn't want to... Mooney is in my grill. Look at that little curly Sue tail. There's his butt. Oh. <laughs> Okay. Oh, this is so sweet. Wait, can we get a close up face he to keeps, face? Um, yeah. Come here, sweetie pie. Let me see that sweet little face. Say hi to Funkle. Oh, say hi to Funkle. Okay. Oh, he's mad at me. Happy pause. Okay. Oh. He'll be back on his own terms. He's so slinky. Yeah, he's already gotten so big. I'm sad. I want him to be a kitten forever. He's fine. He's fine. It's Funkle M's fault. Yeah, we'll blame it on me. He doesn't even know who I am yet. Nothing. Okay. It's ever Funkle M's fault. Funkle M's the fun uncle. Talk to Gio. Listen, he'll tell you. <laughs> he'll, he'll show you what's what. And rule number one is I'm always right and I'm always fun. <laughs> and that's why We Drink is sponsored by Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With Squarespace, it's easy to create a beautiful website all on your terms. You don't want to miss Fluid Engine, a next-generation website design system from Squarespace with reimagined drag-and-drop technology for desktop or mobile. I don't know this for a fact, but it's my opinion that there is no easier way to build a website than Squarespace because of this drag-and-drop technology. It gets better every year, and it is just, you when you think it can't get any better and easier, it does. I've been using Squarespace <laughs> since 2017. Um, and in that time, they have just proven themselves to be the best and easiest way to make a website. So anytime I make a website for any reason, that's where I go. When you're ready to get started, you can use one of Squarespace's professional website templates with designs for every category, and then you can customize it. You can customize the look, add new content, add features to fit your unique needs. It's just a great spot to have a landing page for you, for your business, for whatever it is you're trying to market or showcase. Squarespace is the best platform to use, in my opinion. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash drink to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. 
It feels very fitting that Juniper is currently sitting on my lap uh, because we all want our cats to be healthy and happy because when they're happy, we're happy. But because we're not mind readers, we don't always know when they're unwell. And in my experience, cats are not the most, you know, open when it comes to sharing their woes. And there goes Juni, literally jumped right off me. So helping us keep tabs on our cat's health is just one reason you should use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell, thank God. Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust. Plus, the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can for Blaze, because that's his job. Here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in our cats, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues, and Pretty Litter ships free right to your door in a small, lightweight bag. Pretty Litter has changed the game. The litter box is right near Leona's room, and so it is very delightful to not have that litter smell all the time when she's taking a nap. Plus, we can rest easy knowing that Juniper and his little kidneys are healthy. Pretty Litter helps keep tabs on my cat's health and keeps odors down. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com slash ATWWD and use code ATWWD to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash ATWWD, code ATWWD to save 20%. prettylitter.com slash ATWWD, code ATWWD. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I, yeah, I tried to break down these predictions just because it does get really... I mean, it's kind of bananas. Um, and for those of you who didn't know, like I, I kind of very quickly touched on it um, a couple minutes ago, but in case you were unaware, the Simpsons, because it's been around for so long, um, they've done a lot of episodes where it's either about the future or even in, in their own like present day episodes, they'll just kind of briefly touch on something. And then oddly enough, it's almost like they manifest these things and they mm. actually become true. And it's weird how many events have happened after an episode aired. Um, so that is the the real theme here today. So it started pretty quickly. The show the show first aired December 89. And in 1990, these predictions started oh, wow. showing up. So uh, the first one, I tried to do it in chronological order by the episode air date, um, just to give it some cool. understanding or some ease. Um, but so the first episode to come out, that had a prediction was in 1990. It was season two, episode four. And uh, so Bart catches a three-eyed fish named Blinky near the power plant. um, And it ends up making local headlines. And basically his mom ends up accidentally serving it to uh, Mr. Burns. (laughs) And in 2011, so this was what I, why can I not do math all of a sudden? 21 years later. Yes. Uh, A three-eyed fish was actually found in Argentina next to a power plant. And uh, a lot of people started writing in their reports that nobody accidentally ate him, luckily, because that's (laughs) what would have happened on The Simpsons. So it's just little stupid things like that where it's like, okay, so that's weird. That's like... Yeah, where you can watch the show and be like, oh, no, that actually happened. Where it's like, really? Also, because it was the first time, it's like, okay, so 20 years later, something like that happened. What a coincidence. But sure. then as this starts happening, if I were, a, a, I mean, I'm not like the world's biggest Simpsons fan. That's just like not my jam. But like, if I were, every episode, I would be on edge at this point. Yeah, I'd true. Like, if like, I were a writer, the- I'd be like, okay, we're only writing really <laughs> calm, pause, no, don't, don't touch anything. Exactly. Just we're going to walk into the writing room. We're going to not touch anything. Look around. So uh, so that was the first thing. The next time happened in 1993 in season five. Um, and 
I guess the Simpsons have their own version of Siegfried and Royd called mm. Gunter and Ernst. <laughs> and uh, you, do you know who Siegfried and Royd is? Mm-hmm. Okay, so Siegfried and Royd, for those of you who don't know, they were a magician duo and uh, they often performed in Vegas. They had tigers. That was like their big thing. They would perform with tigers on stage that they had trained. Apparently they were like their real life domestic pets that they had taught the show performance to. Um, but so on the Simpsons, the, the parody version of Siegfried and Roy uh, in this episode, the tiger actually attacks them during oh. a live performance. Um, 10 years later, this actually really happened where one of their tigers attacked them during a live performance. Um, uh, so I don't know if you remember that, but for me, it was, I remember that being like on yep. all the tabloids and grocery stores and stuff. And I remember there being this huge argument about whether or not it was, uh, we should be worried about the tiger. Like, did he, did the tiger just snap? Right. And just, right become a tiger and just attack a human being. Or uh, a lot of people said that the tiger actually sensed a stroke in Roy. And so he was like trying to protect his owner, but he ended up protecting him by severely injuring him. I don't really understand, but there was a huge controversy. I remember of people being like, no, 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 the tiger was right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. To be fair, like don't fucking keep a tiger. Has tiger King caught you? Exactly. Taught you nothing. Right. Exactly. So yeah, I mean, it's I a tiger. No like, hello, it's going to bite you. Sorry. No matter what, the tiger wasn't wrong. Let's right, like, right. <laughs> it was a tiger. The tiger doesn't have a moral compass. It's like a literal tiger. It was like I smell fresh meat. Here yeah. I go. Uh, <laughs> but so, but so anyway, they ended up predicting that the tiger would attack, and then it did attack exactly the same way during a live performance in Vegas, oh both in the show and in real time. Um, the next one was in 1994. So only a year later and in the actual, the same season, um, it was still season five. Uh, and on the Simpsons lunch lady, Doris used assorted horse parts to make lunch for students at school. Oh God. And then, uh, in 2013, uh, foods being advertised in Europe as containing beef had actually been declared as having horse meat. (gasps) So they had, uh, I remember that being a big thing where even that rumor started to trickle over mm-hmm. here. Like, especially like that. in Maybe. Taco Bell, they were like, oh, Taco Bell is horse meat. Taco oh, Bell is horse meat. Yeah. Which, by the way, Taco Bell was one of the companies where they identified horse oh. meat in their beef product. Oh, no. Um, either they, it was undeclared horse meat or it was improperly declared horse meat and kind of like. Improperly declared. You have was, to declare it properly if you're going to put horse meat in your food. It was like a like a beef byproduct, basically. Uh, but so Oof. all of us, so they predicted that there'd be a horse meat scandal, and then it's now literally called the horse meat scandal in real life. <laughs> um, also, uh, in that same year, uh, they showed NASA sending a random person into space on The Simpsons. This was in 1994. They did an episode where they just shot a random <laughs> non-astronaut into space. And in 2013, uh, the UK sent a non-astronaut named Oliver Knight into space. <laughs> Why? I don't know. I have what? that sounds like its own story where it's like, right? what, can we interview that guy? Like, what was it like not understanding the controls of the rocket and just yeah. 
being stuck. Are you actually like, can we interview you? Because are you like on earth or are you like dead in the sky? <laughs> All like, overnight. Are you here? Did you ever make it back? Are you okay? Are you okay? Is can you this imagine broadcast that? reaching you like 200 years later up in the stratosphere somewhere? In 2013, Oliver Knight went to space, came back 2021, and was like, what happened? Like, He's like, what? wait, no, no, no. I'm turning the ship around. Get back on the rocket. I want to go back up. I want to <laughs> yeah, go back up Take me way. back. <laughs> uh, also in 1995 in season six, uh, this one was actually a, a big episode in terms of predictions, but we'll we'll get to some of them later. So, But the main one is that <clears throat> Lisa goes to London, and you can see in the skyline behind Big Ben, uh, there's a skyscraper that looks a lot like what is now called The Shard, mm-hmm. um, which is a, another big building in London, or I think in London. Uh, but that building didn't exist at the time. What? It was just a random building that they drew in, but now it's eerily identical <gasps> to the King. actual shard that ended up getting built 14 years later. Okay, that's creepy, especially because that's not even the writers. That's the animators, like, just throwing their hat in the ring here. And they start, I mean, it just becomes such a normal thing where you're like, oh, what's that thing? And then 15 years later, it exists, which that's is super creepy. creepy. Um, also, in this episode, they predicted Skype, and they predicted what? Uh, they had, like, if they had a whole episode about video conferencing, even though this was in 1995, and oh. Skype didn't become a thing until 2003. Wow. Um, in 1997, uh, in season 10, there was a sign in one of the uh, clips. And it, all of these things are kind of background things. So you'll pay attention to like the smallest detail. Sure. It's almost like they're slipping them in and manifesting them. <sighs> so in season 10, there was a clip uh, where there's a sign that says 20th Century Fox as the logo. And then underneath it, it says a division of Walt Disney Company. And then 20 years later, Disney actually did buy Fox. Stop. What? But like, why would you even write that? I don't know. I don't know. It's just such a weird thing. Like, oh, ha ha ha. Why would these companies have anything to do with each other? Oh, sure. I guess. Yeah. It's like just a satirical thing. Yeah. How weird. So yeah. 20 years later, Disney actually did buy Fox. Um, also in 1997, Marge is reading a book to Bart about the Ebola virus. And in 2014, Ebola broke out again. Oh, God. Do, do you remember when Ebola broke yes, out? Yes, I totally do. That was do. bananas. Also, like, eerily kind of like the pandemic now where, like, people were in hazmat suits. Terrified. And, like, terrified yeah. of touching each other. I wish people were more terrified of touching each other now. But I guess I the wish Ebola people- virus needs to come back for that to happen. I wish people treated this like the fucking Ebola virus. Yeah, like, really. I mean... <laughs> Uh, also in 2007, The Simpsons predicted the NSA spying scandal oh. um, with Ooh. Snowden and the NSA finding, like, knowing every single thing you ever post or anything you upload or any picture you take, they, they can see it. Uh, 2007, they predicted it. In 2013, it happened. <sighs> um, another one is in 2013. Uh, there was a clip in a Simpsons episode uh where Homer is on the news and underneath him, there's like a news, like a breaking news headline that says Europe puts Greece on eBay. And it is implying that there's like a huge financial crash. (laughs) And then two years later, there was a massive Greek financial crash. Ah! Uh, Fun fact that uh, Easter egg, I guess is what we're calling this. I don't know. It's that prediction uh, was found by a Reddit user named my penis Batman. So Oh, shit. Sorry. I thought I changed my username before I posted that. (laughs) I was trying to be more professional, but. Uh, Okay. So here are just some sports ones that I think are kind of cool. I tried to. Oh, anything sports are cool. 
Finally. I'm listening. Finally. All it took was The Simpsons. <laughs> so uh, <clears throat> just some sports predictions. In 1992, uh, there's an episode called Lisa the Greek, and the Buffalo Bills lose the Super Bowl. Three days later, three days later, the Bills lost the Super Bowl. Uh-huh. Um, and then a year later, because they thought it was funny that they were able to predict the Super Bowl. So a year later for the next Super Bowl, <gasps> the Simpsons were like, oh, let's play that episode, Super Bowl Sunday, but let's re-record the lines. And like, oh, let's, my God, let's like refresh the episode. And so they re-predicted who would win the Super Bowl and they were right. And then oh. 1994, they did the exact same thing and no they predicted way. it right again. So three years in a row, they played that on Super Bowl Sunday, and they were were That's, right for all. And then they were like, "We got to quit while we're ahead because the second we <laughs> stop winning this, like it's over." That's smart. It's very smart. They were like, "Okay, this is too much. Next time, we're not going to be right at all." Yep. Um, 2012, they uh, the Simpsons had in, in a Super Bowl episode, they had Lady Gaga performing in a silver outfit and hanging by wires and flying over the crowd and shut up, being very weirdly identical to. 2017 where lady gaga actually did perform in a silver outfit with wires i'd like to think lady gaga was like i have a fucking idea like i mean totally roll the tape let's just freak people out and let's just do it pretty much exactly as the simpsons said i love that idea if that's the case uh in 2010 homer and marge they actually go to the olympics and they win uh the usa's first gold medal in curling um (laughs) and they they win against Sweden, and then uh, only eight years later, the U.S. won no a gold medal in curling against Sweden. That's wild. That's pretty weird. In 2014, they predicted the FIFA corruption scandal. Oh, my God. And a year later, it happened, uh, where FIFA officials, executives, associates, pretty much a little bit of everyone, they were all charged with either corruption, money laundering, racketeering, and or wire fraud. Um, some of them, I think, were suspected in getting, like, bribes up to like 150 million dollars like it was really fucking wild um but so they predicted that a year before it happened um and so i mean there's just little things like that and so over time uh a lot of simpsons fans have their own conspiracy theory that matt groening is a time traveler (gasps) oh and so this is giving uh, me more goose cam than a lot of episodes i don't know what you're talking about this not being creepy well, they uh, with just like with so many things happening one after the other, and I wish I I will put some pictures into. We have pictures saved for if I mention it, we we have them in the in our YouTube version of this. If you're listening to the audio, it's on YouTube. But if you look at the pictures, some of them are really creepy. Like it's just like the Lady Gaga Super Bowl one. It's like. <sighs> It's too on the nose or like finding the shard behind Big Ben and then yeah. seeing the shard. I mean, it's just it's I think what's freaky is how weird. subtle that is. Like mm-hmm. it's so subtle that you wouldn't notice on first pass. But then like years later, you notice that's what freaks me out. Or like it could be an accident, like you're saying about like, oh, well, he was like, oh, no, there's I don't know. They just know there's a building there, but it's time travel. There's not yet. A <laughs> ah! Also, I wonder how many people are seeing what goes on in the world and then intentionally go back and watch the Simpsons trying to find clues that it, yeah, that's that like, true. Oh, we tried to warn you. Cause I, I think that's what happened with the Greek financial crisis. And then he was, this guy happened to be watching the new or the, the Simpsons episode where he was on the news and saw right. a little blip about it, but it's also like so tiny. You wouldn't pay attention until there's an event to compare it. Yeah, to. that's true. So 
anyway, because a lot of people think that he's a time traveler, they a lot of people also think that the biggest clue, arguably, that he's a time traveler is that after The Simpsons, he went on to create the show Futurama. Right. And so I never like, even put that together until you just said it. It's just like rubbing it in your fucking face of like, yeah, I'm from the future. <laughs> or like, yeah, I know how to go to the future and get information and put it in The Simpsons. Freaky. Um, so there are a lot of other predictions. This one category I'm about to do is that predictions that almost debunk this whole thing. Some people really are convinced that this man is a time traveler, by the way. Like, like I, I'm count me in on that list <laughs> at this point. Well, these are other things that pe- people have given the Simpsons credit for, um, but they've been able to be debunked. Okay. So um, that's what this whole little section is. In 1994, uh, there are two bullies that uh, take a memo to beat up Martin um, on their on their new tech device. Oh, no. But the memo, instead of saying beat up Martin when they write it in, it says eat up Martha. And so it's foreshadowing autocorrecting. Oh, <laughs> And so, like, it was a lot of people said, like, they predicted in 1994 autocorrect. But a lot of people forget the device that they were using in the show was a legitimate device at the time. And it was known to have bad hand recognition. So it already had autocorrect already existed in a way. Basically, yeah. It it. was before the iPhone. It was called the Newton. It was an Apple product. It was called the Newton. It was a Palm Pilot. I was going to say it was basically a, a Palm Pilot or like the most um, uh, the fanciest version of a Palm Pilot before the iPhone started getting pitched. So okay. it I mean, it came with like a stylus and you would sure. write and then it would almost like take your handwriting and then generate it in actual text. Oh, yeah, and save I it do to your vaguely note. remember that. OK, so they even say it in the show when they say, oh, take a memo to meet up beat up martin they say like take a memo when you're newton but i think a lot of people don't know what a newton is and so i think they just assumed that it was like a fake product or something right okay um but yeah so actually apple's former director i think in like engineering or something said that that episode was inspiration to make sure that they got the iphone keyboard right because they were like they were like even in the 90s they're already roasting us for like autocorrect and so maybe matt went back in time and was like we need to warn apple to fucking fix this (laughs) shit you know i like how he couldn't just walk into like a conference room and be like this doesn't fucking fly (laughs) he had to write it into his own show and hope someone noticed and also autocorrect not like the fall of civilization but right autocorrect. like 2020 whatever <laughs> pandemic it's fine autocorrect no 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 no. and in 2021 by the way there's still autocorrect problems so that's true it hasn't really gotten that much better his his message to the world didn't totally translate i guess almost like it was autocorrected um but so, i was like but i'm sure but yeah so a lot of people like to credit the simpsons for predicting autocorrect but it already existed um, at least on that, with that one product. It did. Right. Um, also in 1995, I mentioned a little bit earlier that Lisa and that one episode about Lisa, they predicted uh, video conferencing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also predicted smartwatches in that episode and they predicted robot librarians, which is basically like a digital computer library source. Sure. All of which currently exist. JSTOR. <laughs> JSTOR. <laughs> but the, one could argue that those things have been talked about forever. I mean, even in like, true. James, like James Bond, like, I mean, his watch, his smartwatch where he could talk into it. I mean, 
and any like sci-fi with like video call like calling right. and stuff. hologram yeah. like star wars sure. the hologram i mean you can argue that that has always been a concept and they didn't yeah. really predict it makes um, sense here's a creepy one though uh in 1997 uh there was an episode where there was a framed brochure uh that it was about new york and it was basically like a pamphlet on like how to be a tourist in new york on the cheap and so i think the brochure itself said like new york at nine dollars a day and behind it because Uh they wanted a picture of new Uh york that everyone would recognize they had the twin towers on the back of the brochure or on behind the the text on the brochure so you see new york and then you see nine and then behind it are two towers that look like 11 and it looks like 911 what the the brochure itself looks like it's saying 911 with the twin towers as part of the image is that one of the photos you're putting in yeah can i Um, look it up real quick i'm just curious 911 i'm trying to picture it 911 Simpsons. Oh, I see what you're saying with the not the nine dollars. Oh my mm-hmm. god, that is very creepy. It's it's just one of those things where like you really wouldn't notice until 911 fucking happened, and then yeah. you're like, oh, that's odd. But there's like nothing else on it except for a nine and then the two towers. Like it's not like the whole skyline. It's like just it just says New York 911, basically. Yeah. And it's the <laughs> Twin Towers. It's very odd. Ew. And so and that was in 1997. Okay. Um, yes. And the writers have commented on that, like, yeah, that one's weird. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like, we can't been, explain this one away. <laughs> just so you, like the the Simpsons staff are very aware that people think they're time travelers at this point, and so when it came to the nine eleven one, they were like, okay, we hear you, and also yeah. that is weird. <laughs> like we're we're on it. <sighs> um. Also, in the year two thousand, in an episode from season eleven. Uh, they predicted Trump being president. Where this Lisa, is the one I've heard about, not like the only one I've heard about. Lisa was president in the future. Is the the whole concept of this episode, and she's struggling with a budget crisis because of President Trump. Shut up! Can you what? what uh, there, the a motorcycle I thought you was going to crash into the, my <laughs> fucking bedroom. Um. I literally <laughs> thought there was a ghost. You're not even telling a ghost story. And I just assumed you saw a ghost. It's the ghost of President Trump. I mean. Um, but no, so she's struggling with a budget crisis due to President Trump. Th- I mean, that's pretty weird. It's very weird. And also, like, if you've seen that clip where, like, Trump is on the elevator waving in The Simpsons. Have yeah. you seen this? Uh, have- probably, but I can't remember it. It's literally frame for frame this like it's like it's since you're googling things yeah yeah google trump uh simpsons trump on elevator oh (gasps) it's like it's weird it's the exact same image cam again oh my god it's very weird it's very i mean and granted it's just a guy on an elevator at some point you were going to get a picture of him on an elevator i guess or on an escalator sorry um but uh It's just weird that he's like waving the same motions are happening. I mean, it's 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 really creepy. Unless someone on Trump's team is like a Simpsons writer and they were like, hey, this would be funny. Just like wave when you're going down the escalator. Oh, right. Uh, somehow I doubt that the, they're that connected to pop culture, right. but maybe. One likes to imagine. And also. Uh, oh, apparently only- also. Oh, sorry. You're about to. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. About the sign. Apparently no. somebody in the background dropped a sign, like a supporter dropped a sign in the oh, show. Oh, really? And it like happened in real life too. Get out of here. I mean, it's just weird. It's just creepy. Um, 
Also in that same episode, a lot of people have said that the Simpsons manifested Greta Thunberg. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, at least they can do like some good things. Jeez. Some good. Because Greta and Lisa are both passionate about the environment. And uh, oh, interesting. So anyway, so a lot of people have also said that there's that commonality. So extra creepy. Um, In 1990, there was an episode about the censorship of Michelangelo's David, uh, the statue of David, the naked man. Uh huh. Okay. I'll keep describing him. I love it. The the one with the penis that when you stand next to it is gargantuan. My Um, penis Batman. Yeah. (laughs) I recall. That's actually Michelangelo's Reddit user handle. So (laughs) would you mind? Um, So in 1990, there was an episode about censoring David. Um, And this actually was a real censorship campaign in 2016. Apparently someone in Russia ended up creating this huge campaign about trying to put a fig leaf over his situation. His wang. (laughs) And, uh, but a lot of people also say, okay, the Simpsons didn't predict that because that wasn't like the first campaign to cover him up. I guess ever since he was created, there have been like, really like either uh either royalty or rich executives or whoever they are people have complained ever since he was created that they needed to cover him up love a good rich executive who's like i know what i need to spend my money on i love a good rich executive especially the one (laughs) who's like i don't like the naked statue next to me i know i came in here to look at art but this one shocked me i actually feel threatened personally Uh, right and it has nothing to do with my own wang but i'm (laughs) very threatened i'm not self-conscious no okay i'm not insecure i just don't like seeing other naked people no 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 no, no. uh and then another uh prediction that they got credit for but probably shouldn't have is that in 2010 millhouse predicts that benked r holmstrom wins the nobel prize in economics which he did six years later so oh A lot of people think that, you know, that's odd. But my understanding or my argument would be, I have a hunch that this Holstrom guy was doing something pretty spectacular for years before he got a Nobel Prize. So it wouldn't be hard to... this Holstrom guy was doing a little something spectacular. I I have a a feeling that this guy's up to something. He didn't just Uh show up in 2016 and blow us all away. So... Uh, <laughs> unless maybe he did and I'm a real I mean, asshole. Who knows, but I'm with you on this one. If this man did not exist and then in 2016 he okay, won a yeah, Nobel Prize, weirder. I'd be like, okay, Matt Groening, you're right. Um, <laughs> but until then, I think the argument could be said that like he was probably, you don't just win a Nobel Prize He was like slated for it. <laughs> he was probably on his way. Yeah. So anyway, those are just some of the ones where people like to give the Simpsons credit. Um, oh, and with the the Trump one, I never gave an explanation to that. So um, people like to say that the Simpsons predicted that Trump would be president, but Trump has been flirting with the idea of becoming president since the eighties. And he even on Larry King in the nineties said that he already had a committee oh, God, looking into right. it. So, so it's, and you know, Trump flirting is not cute. So not cute. No. Is it even flirting or is it just being direct and aggressive? It's I, that, correct. It's that. It's saying, I have an idea as a rich executive. I'm threatened by this big wang. (laughs) Wait a minute. I've never seen Trump and a naked David statue in the same room. I'm just going to say. That's because it's never been on The Simpsons. The second that episode airs, we know it's it's coming. And he was probably probably the rich executive who just wanted a fig leaf over that man's crotch. Yes. So here are two of the bigger theories that people 
really defend saying, no, no, Macaroni is a time traveler. Like without question, this man is a time traveler. Um, there's two major uh, pieces of evidence, I suppose. The first one is in 2008. There was an episode where Homer is trying to vote for Obama in the U.S. general election, but it is a faulty machine and it keeps changing his vote. Oh, yeah. Um, so every time Homer tries to vote for Obama, uh, the machine switches it to John McCain. <gasps> and four years later in 2012, there was the huge scandal of voting machines uh, registering you incorrectly. Right. Um I guess in Pennsylvania, it started, it was the first machine to do this. And every time people voted for Obama, it would uh, change it to Mitt Romney. Poor Pennsylvania. They can't get a fucking break over there. Apparently, there's a video of this, too, if you'd like to see it. It is a YouTube video called, in all caps, Vote Incorrectly Registered 2012 Presidential Election. Or like, Vote Incorrectly Registered? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Did I say it weird? I, no, I just, I was trying to, to picture the words in my head. I got it. Vote incorrectly registered 2012 presidential election. In all caps, got it. In all caps. Um, so a lot of people say that like, I guess some people think that before 2008, this wasn't like a, a real issue or like it wasn't uh, even a discussion. It wasn't up for debate that this could possibly happen. Sure. And so the fact that uh on the show it happened and then four years later it became like one of the biggest scandals during right. an election. People think, okay, well the Simpsons are up to something. The next one, which I think is, I would, if I had to pick an argument, I would pick this one is that in 1998, there's an episode where Homer is in, uh, is an inventor and a mathematician and he's standing in front of a uh, blackboard with an equation on it. And that equation like 15 years later ended up being the correct mass of the Higgs boson particle, the God particle. What? So, uh, but they just like made that up and it was like, Oh, this is, so Oh I, my God. And for those of you who don't know the, the God particle is basically like the formula for like the existence of the universe or something. Like it's matter like, or something. I mean, I'm sure I'm not saying that right. But. It's, it's pretty bananas, but I remember growing up in science class hearing like all about the Higgs boson particle and we're so close to figuring it out. Yeah, it was we're like so a close. big deal. Um, and then uh, like 14 or 15 it, like, years the, later. The Simpson particle or the something. Homer, like, the Homer it, particle. The Homer. They did it first. <laughs> so a lot of people blindly go in and say, oh, they just like guessed a fucking equation. Apparently there are people who say that equation was for a long time it was like the guess it was the best oh. prediction they had and then later you know down the road they ended up finding out that they could confirm that that was the right equation okay okay so it was like it's a not, theory or something it was a theory and uh -huh. a, so a lot of people try to use that argument for like mac Roning is a time traveler but apparently a lot of the writing staff on the simpsons is are like went to harvard for math like they literally oh, went to harvard dear. for math okay so I think one of the um, big excuses for where all of these random Easter eggs come from, especially uh, when it comes to math, there's a surprisingly large amount of math Easter eggs in The Simpsons. And they all come from the fact that a lot of the writing staff have math degrees. That's weird. Okay. Interesting. So they think they, it's one of them probably just asked for the animators to put that into the, on the blackboard that the Higgs boson particle equation would be up on the board and it ended up being correct later. Um, so 
like I said, a lot of people think that because uh, the write, the writing staff are academics, that would explain why a lot of things end up happening later because they're able to critically think sure. uh, about the plausibilities in the future. Um, there are two writers, especially named Mike Reese and Al Jean. Al Jean, I think, is like one of the original, original, original writers from mm-hmm. the first episode. And uh, he has confirmed that if you look hard enough, there are a lot of mathematical Easter eggs. Um, and some believe that the predictions within The Simpsons is a testament to just the fact that they all have educational backgrounds. They're not just comedy writers. Right. But other people... Other people also think that um, that they're not using their education to write things in that statistically could happen. They think it's actually the reverse now where instead of predicting things, they're manifesting things. Oh, okay. Which is interesting because I, I do think to some degree that's right where uh, – like they're basically putting things in and because now they have this fandom of people looking for it, people sure. end up finding it purely because they're looking for it. So um, one example they made, I didn't write this one down, but they made some sort of like tomato based tobacco or something and called it like tobacco <laughs> in, in one of the episodes. And then because that episode came out, someone ended up making it. So it ends I up, see. Okay. So it, they literally manifested it because <laughs> someone just wanted to prove it right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, another one, which is my personal favorite example, because uh, you know how I like got into like minor league baseball during the pandemic. I do, yeah. So in two thousand one, the uh, the episode has Homer protesting his baseball team, the Springfield Isotopes, moving to Albuquerque. Oh, how funny! And pretty quickly after that episode came out, a new team was moving to Albuquerque and they voted to change their name to the Albuquerque isotopes because of the episode. So because, so it's little things like that where they've created their own domino effect. Yeah. 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 So uh, anyway, what could still happen? These are predictions. Oh God, don't tell me, please. These are some things that great bread shortage of 2021. (laughs) Can you imagine if, the one of the episodes I was about to talk about was like a complete bread shortage. Like, oh, the one, don't even start. The Wonder Bread Factory comes crashing. We're all down. eating Doctor Scholl's now to stay alive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you man, I hope this podcast manifests nothing because at this point we're in danger. Listen, it's either there's no bread to eat or there's only foot inserts to eat. It's there's nothing no, in between. Nothing in between. <laughs> uh, so these are things that some people that some people think could still happen, and that the the present day slash near future are showing signs of happening. Um, So in season 11, the Simpsons go to 2030 where uh, they're eating virtual fudge with VR glasses and feeding tubes, Uh, which is very likely to happen in the future that there's VR eating experiences. And specifically right now, I think Royal Caribbean their cruise line company is trying to create VR dining on their ships. What? Where basically I'm, I'm guessing it's some sort of like while you're eating Italian food, you you're, you're looking at like you're on the prettiest skyline of Italy or something. Um, But scientists at Cornell, I think you don't need to be a scientist at Cornell for this. Apparently scientist Christine Schieffer at Cornell found (laughs) that, Eating cheese in a pleasant area 
makes the dining experience better. Yeah, no <laughs> shit, Sherlock. <laughs> well, it's been scientifically proven now. Uh, that apparently- <laughs> oh my God. So wait, I'm sorry. We could put money toward that, but like we're not putting money toward like, hey, male birth control. No, right, no, 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 no. Right, right, right. We need to figure out how to eat cheese outside of your bed. Eating, it, that's okay, the new which plan. by the way the hardest step to that is getting out of bed like Precisely. what are you talking about leave me alone in my bed to eat my cheese so eating cheese and a pleasant i think they were testing it specifically with vr that if you were eating this cheese that's while also in a vr experience the cheese was more delightful than if you weren't in the vr experience and Man, so uh, how wild is that they're using that as one of the early signs to conceptualize vr dining so I would that, love to be on trial. If anyone's doing a test, like if you need a test subject, <laughs> like I am fucking in it to win it. That's assuming that cheese is still involved. Like the, what if it's something it's else? True. Like Dr. Scholl's is part of the oh, VR no! experience. The most pleasant way to eat your Dr. Scholl's insert. <laughs> You know, oh, if you God. if you eat your Dr. Scholl's while in a VR outer space setting, it's more fun than just eating foot inserts inside Earth. your bed. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, actually, we I would love. Does anyone out there have some grant money? Because I think Em and I need some money to make this happen. I'm feeling hungry and I'm feeling <laughs> antsy to get out of my room. So let's put those together. Oh anyway, God. so that episode of VR eating is very possible for yeah. the future. How wild. Um, also, another one is in 2016, there was an episode about the colonization of Mars. Um, and currently, right now, Elon Musk's SpaceX is developing right. um, Mars cargo flights um, which should happen, I think, this year or maybe next year. Oh, God, I'm getting goose cam again. All of this is so freaky to think about. And they also have, for 2023, they're planning a citizen-based trip around the moon. And in 2024, there is a human mission to Mars planned. I feel like I remember them, like, finding the people for that. Do you remember that? How, they were why like, wasn't I called? I wanted to eat cheese up there. Wait you a and I were slated to be first pick. I Mars. had my Dr. Scholl's ready. Why didn't they call me? Wait a minute. <laughs> Can you imagine you and I show up in our like shoe inserts and we're like, we're ready for our trip to Mars. Christine would bring a camera to vlog it on her YouTube. I, like. <laughs> I would bring like my wine bra and I don't think anyone would fault me. Okay. The best part is if you're in like zero gravity, what's the wine bra up to? Oh, Just, like, sloshing my, my man. In it's the gonna face. Be, I'm gonna have some floating honkers. Not back problems. Know. You won't have back problems. That's, that's right. for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so a lot of what people a are. Uh, a lot of people are saying that that's possible. Although, if the episode itself came out in 2016, I'm sure there was already discussion that yeah. kind of prompted them to write the episode around that. So I also wonder if the uh, if those the writers themselves are doing a self fulfilling prophecy based on current events. Sure. I mean, especially um, if they're going to places like Harvard, they probably know about right these sciencey things. Also, I know one person, I think one of the executive producers said that they have to write out 10 months in advance because it takes about 10 months for a whole episode to go from oh, wow. its very start point to being on the air. Sure. So they're writing scripts and probably having to predict like, where will we be in just 10 months, which isn't really that far away, but Fair. still in the future. So I imagine if they heard in 2016, like the talk of colonization on Mars, they were like, oh, maybe 10 months from now, we've got like one more piece of the yeah, puzzle. Yeah, yeah. That makes so sense. So I wonder if that's how a lot of this. Did they predict coronavirus? Because we could have used it. We could have used a little clue. I have I have a, a bullet about coronavirus. Oh, okay. So, um, 
Real quick, though, I'll say another thing that could still happen is hologram mail, which happens in an episode about the future where Bart gets like a Star Wars hologram message. Cool. Which I am shocked doesn't happen. Actually, I think, yeah. I think we like kind of actually skyrocketed past that technology because now we've got That's like fair. FaceTime and shit. Like, you don't, you need, don't like, really need a hologram, I guess. You don't need a pre recorded image of me when yeah. I can just literally call you and tell you. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is interesting because you think like, what did they think would be the peak of technology mm-hmm. at one point? And you just totally flew past it. Totally. Um, in season 23, uh, Maggie is also in the future. Maggie gets an ultrasound from a robot nurse. Um, and right now, I mean, there are already medical robots. Sure. I mean, we've all seen that video of the one like peeling grape skin and like re it back on. Oh, I've never seen that. Oh, it's creepy. Oh, it's, that it's sounds to, very creepy. <laughs> I think it's to show like um, the, how like precision like, or something. Pre- like how microscopic precision they wow. like because they literally take they do surgery on a grape where they peel off the skin and then they're able to <gasps> sew the skin back on. Wow. Um. It, but so like there's already nurses who do that, or there's uh, robot surgeons who do that. Um. There's diagnostic robots. I mean, everything really yeah. is a robot these well, days. If it's a truly computer, we don't even think about it necessarily as a robot. If it's like a computer, like you said. But Blaze and I were talking about that too with with the pandemic. Now I think they're trying to fast not necessarily fast track, but like use these tools more like robotic yeah. so that you can be away from other people and it's well, becoming more common. Interestingly, a month before coronavirus was some was even mentioned in February 2020, Japan started making plans to develop a medical robot for ultrasounds, just like how they mentioned oh. in the Simpsons episode, specifically uh, ultrasound robots that could work from people remotely so that ah, people don't have yeah. to go into the they don't have to go into the hospital That's anymore. So smart. It also reminds me of the first time I really got to know Blaze's personality because <laughs> he a robot. Uh, okay, be- where are you going with this? Because <laughs> remember he bought himself like that like three hundred dollar stethoscope and he was like, uh-huh. it has Bluetooth, so you can you can send someone's like like numbers. Like I remember him being like, what if you were a doctor in Alaska and you can't get to a hospital <laughs> right away if you need the, if the hospital's somewhere else and you can go check someone's heartbeat and then it can Bluetooth sync to the nearest hospital. Oh, and I was yeah. like, this guy is fucking crazy about his stethoscope. <laughs> his, his stethoscope, which he, by the way, lost and it was a big disaster. Yeah, it was bad. But also he has these tools for ultrasounds too, where like you can, it's all very high tech and I'm just like baffled. He's like, oh, the doctors at your hospital don't use this when I go in for Remicade and stuff. And I'm like, no, they literally have like a thermometer they put on my face. Like there's nothing like, <laughs> and he like goes to the emergency room with all his like weird tools and stuff. But yeah, there's a lot. I, I will say I was, I didn't even know that there could be a stethoscope that did that. So he did blow my mind and make me realize that like there's medical instruments that are like far beyond my understanding. Yeah, totally. But, um, but so anyway, the episode was about, uh, ultrasound robots and now they're trying to actually wow. make plans for ultrasound robots um also there was another episode where homer invested all their money in having an underwater home oh. and currently <laughs> underwater lodging is kind of booming like no it's way becoming a big travel destination there's a lot of like hotels that are now underwater i, I like think it's something you would do yeah yeah <laughs> uh there's uh I, I don't know if the whole hotel itself yet is, but they have like 
a, a special suite where it happens to go under the water and you are basically your room is an aquarium or like how it give me um, so much anxiety i would have dreams about the walls like breaking in and oh me. without question <laughs> um i couldn't do it but so apparently like un- they came up with that idea before this became a tourist attraction that's funny and right now japan is trying to create the ocean spiral which what? is sustainable housing underwater for hundreds of people at a time. Listen, that's so, wild. It's literally like an apartment complex underwater, and it would be completely powered, I think, by like the ocean's energy. Sure. Um, I just love that we're like, on one end, we're going to Mars. On the other end, we're like, <laughs> no, let's go further into the Earth. We're going high and we're going low. And, <laughs> and we're not staying here. That's for Nowhere answer. in between. <laughs> uh, and then the last one I wanted to uh, say real quick is that there was an episode in 2016 where uh, it predicted that Ivanka Trump is going to run for president 2028. Great. And Homer was wearing an Ivanka 2028 campaign button. Stop. They have this specific year on it. Oh, great. Uh-huh. Yeah. Great, so, great, great, great. Then again, like that happened in 2016 when Trump became president. So I'm sure there was like a a lot of talk about like, oh, I bet the rest of his family is going to show, you know, like. Uh, so anyway. Anyway, like I'm sure like it when talk of Trump was huge, yeah. that was also a conversation. So they... <sighs> potentially prophesized that Ivanka will be running for president. And as for COVID, uh, a lot of people ended up falling for a meme that got created that implied that the Simpsons predicted COVID. Um, It was like a bunch of different clips all kind of mashed together to show you different parts of the episode that, that hinted Uh. at COVID, but it was actually apparently a compilation of different episodes about just general colds. Somebody has too much time on their hands. Yeah. So it wasn't, they did not predict COVID, but someone is putting information out there, making it look like they did. But um, (laughs) one executive producer named Bill Oakley, this is his quote when asked about this stuff. He says, it's mainly just coincidence because episodes are so old that history repeats itself, which makes sense if it's been around for that long. Mm -hmm. At some point you can start picking up patterns, I think. Yeah. And then uh, writer Al Jean said, if you make enough predictions, then 10% will turn out to be right, which I think is kind of cool. And I went to Harvard, so you can't challenge my statistics. <laughs> I am a Harvard <laughs> mathematician. 10% of the time, I'm always right. Um, and then the last thing I wanted to say is, if you wanted to see these episodes for yourself, Disney Plus has a playlist collection called The Simpsons Predict. For real? And I don't know if all of the episodes are on there, but at least a, a chunk of them are all How episodes cool. with little clips where things have been predicted over time. So I didn't know. Anyway, that. those are the predictions from The Simpsons. Wow, that was so cool. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> Thank that you. Gave, oh, that gave me the shivers. Uh, oh, good. That's fascinating. I'm telling you. I mean, I, it's, it makes sense, though. Like, if you went to Harvard, so you're clearly smart, you're clearly now educated, and you're writing like satirical comedy so you're like supposed to be a judge of character you probably yeah. have a very smart outlook on how the world's gonna go i would also think because a lot of people say when it comes to the simpsons if people are like oh i don't get their humor people say well you have to be like really smart to like keep up with it or it's like, like next level yeah yeah, yeah yeah so like i would imagine that their story That's why i watched it when also... i was five because <laughs> you were a fucking genius i didn't get it i was what like they're happened? yellow <laughs> but uh but no so i mean it 
yeah, it definitely makes sense that if like all of the writers really prioritize mm-hmm. academia and critical thinking, then why wouldn't something that they come up with probably come true? Yeah, no, it makes total you sense. Know? So anyway. Wow. I mean, then again, maybe he is a time traveler and he was like, I know how to make the longest running show in history. I mean, I'm not in academia. So like, I think for sure he's a time traveler it makes, without yeah. question. I'm, that I'm makes in- more sense to me. And that's the only logical explanation. That's what I'm saying. Matt Groening and Marty McFly are the same person. And that's that. That's the end. That's M's uh, dissertation from Harvard. The end. That's the, that's the final line of this episode. That's the thesis statement. <sighs> okay. Wow. Well, that was fun, M. Um, I have actually, speaking of kind of like a wild ride, I have like a wild ride of a tale here for you. Um, this is the story of Miriam Rodriguez, and it's a it's a pretty newly broken story. So it's like kind of guess who guess who sent this to me and said you should cover this. Take one guess. Your mother, Al Pal. Oh, really? What? Yeah, Allison's- she doesn't even text me. What, is, what are you talking <laughs> yeah, about? Bullshit. <laughs> bullshit. Yeah, no, she texted me an article from the New York Times and said like you should cover this, and I was I read it and I was like holy cannoli i would have never guessed it was else i was about to say like the name back to you that you just told me like mary rodriguez or whatever (laughs) (laughs) yeah she told she called me herself yeah she's like new york times i got christine schieffer on speed dial we gotta tell my story (laughs) (laughs) oh god no what if it was the simpsons they predicted all of it (laughs) matt groaning actually called you and said like here hot off the press read all about it i'll throw you a bone um so this is a pretty newly so Allison suggested this and uh, sent me the New York Times article. So most of the info is from that article. It was like a really big piece. It's super well done and well written. Um, And uh, some of the pictures that will be in the video are from there as well. And then the rest is just um, taken from other, you know, news sources pretty much. But New York Times basically like made this big headlines. So nine years ago on January 23rd, 2012, the world of the Rodriguez family of San Fernando, Tamaulipas, Mexico, was turned mm. upside down. Uh-oh. Dun, dun, dun. So Karen, Alejandra, Sal- oh, there's a lot of names that I might mispronounce, and I apologize. Just heads up. Cool. Karen Alejandra Salina Rodriguez, who was 20 years old, was in her pickup truck about to merge into traffic when two trucks pulled up on either side, stopping her. Armed men forced their way into her truck and took off with her in the back seat. Oh. It was the Zetas drug cartel. Los Zetas. Oh, I know them well. I know them well. <laughs> they also called me. No. Um, <laughs> they were like, don't mention us. Or I have else. a lot of friends. And I'm like, let me see how to pronounce it. Yeah. Los Zetas. Okay. So they are, they were once an armed wing of the Gulf cartel. But they're a Mexican criminal syndicate regarded as one of Mexico's most dangerous drug cartels, and they are known for their brutally violent torture tactics. Um, Sometimes Mm -hmm. they even, this sounds to me like a Criminal Minds episode, they even organized death matches between the innocent people they had kidnapped. What are death matches? Like made them like fight to the death. (gasps) Like people they had kidnapped. Oh. Yeah. And that actually is a Criminal Minds episode. So maybe Criminal Minds also predicts the future. Who's Wait a say? minute. Maybe Matt Groening also has a true crime podcast and then just turned it into a TV show and called it Criminal Minds and then went back to Futurama. Was that too much? No. 
it was the it was the right amount. Just I just closed my eyes and kept walking with you. I don't know where we are. <laughs> I think but. you closed your eyes and your like your head kind of started like bobbing around, like trying to figure it out. But. Yeah, my wine bra is sloshing left and right, and you're just dragging me along. You know what? Everything I said makes the most sense to me, and you can't take that from me. So thank you. And I won't even try. Mm-hmm. Instead, I'll read the next bullet. Thank you. Deathmatch. <laughs> so, according to a 2020 article in the Irish Times, more than 250,000 people have been killed and 60,000 have disappeared, quote unquote, since former President Felipe Calderon launched the so called drug war in 2006. Wait, and all of them are thought to be involved with that? Not that specific cartel, okay. but just within the sphere of like drug cartels and the quote okay. unquote war on drugs. Um, those Got are it. like the casualties. I was like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Like- I mean, they are real bad. Um, like real Oof. bad. But okay. yeah, that was the total number. So Los Zetas were so feared that Karen, who was just kidnapped by them, her older brother, Luis, had actually moved away to escape the danger. Um, but Karen had stayed to finish school and help her mother run her shop, which was a cowboy apparel shop called Rodeo Boots. Aww. Yeah, so she stayed to help her mom run the shop um, and finish her school. And unfortunately, didn't, she was didn't kidnapped. Make it. So 2012, in like specifically, was a very, very dark time in San Fernando. Uh, many bars and restaurants had closed out of a fear of shootouts. And get this, mass graves were so common that finding fewer than 20 remains at a time was barely worth a headline. <gasps> yeah. Oh my god! It was just a war zone. Like it was just terrible. Jesus. Okay. Um, Los Zetas would snatch innocent people for ransom to finance their war, or they would uh, kidnap them to conscript them, basically for their side. So they would like kidnap them and then force them to join them. Wow. In their gang. Wow. Um, Karen unfortunately had become their latest target, but oddly enough, uh, she ended up unexpectedly. Uh, not being the only person to disappear that day. So they took her from her truck, drove her to her family's home where Karen lived during the week while her mom uh, was away. She, Her mom worked as a nanny in Texas during the week. So her mom would be gone during the week and Karen would like watch the house basically. Got it. Cool. So they took her to her house. Um, and while she was on the living room floor laying there bound and gagged, somebody knocked at the door. And it was a mechanic who had, unfortunately, picked the wrong time to come work on the family truck. Um, right. Okay. Just, I mean, out of a fucking movie. So he comes and knocks on the door. The kidnappers panic and grab him, too. And then they flee Jeez. with the both of them. That poor fucking guy. I know. So the Rodriguez's were soon contacted by Karen's kidnappers, asking them for $2,000. And so the cartel ended up... They uh, Like I said, they didn't expect to kidnap this mechanic. So they just ended up letting him go. He wasn't their target. So they kept Karen. Wow, and sent, lucky. I know. Oof. And sent a message to Karen's family. So this was all very planned out. So they sent a me- message to Karen's family asking for $2,000. Um, so Miss Rodriguez, um, Karen's mother, Miriam, questioned this mechanic in detail about everything he had heard or seen during the brief time that he was with them uh, and alongside Karen. 
And then Miriam took out a loan from a bank that offered lines of credits for such payments. So I guess this is just the ransom loan bank. Um, Yeah, I guess. And uh, she and her husband followed all the instructions. Uh, He dropped off the bag of cash near the health clinic that they had asked him to drop the cash off at. And then he waited at the local cemetery for the kidnappers to free Karen. But Uh. shockingly, not shockingly, Karen never came. So that was basically the start of this, like, horribly torturous, like, endless back-and-forth negotiation between the family and the cartel. Um, The weeks that followed were, like – I mean, it was, like, very, very heartbreaking. And I read – there was – I think it was a New York Times article, but they talked about, like, how when somebody disappears – from your family or like a loved one disappears, you don't even get that closure or that grief process that like people do right. if someone dies because you get strung along by hope, hope and it yeah. like ends up just crushing you because you're like up and down and up and down. Like At any second they could come home. Yeah. Right. Right. And you can't like let go. You can't like get closure in that way. So anyway, it was this horrible back and forth negotiation. Um, there were calls, threats, false promises. They more money. They kept sending more money. Um, but the Rodriguez family like couldn't give up on their daughter. They just thought like maybe this time they'll actually take the money and give her back. Um, so one day, uh, sick and tired of getting nowhere in the plea to have her daughter return, Miriam Rodriguez decided she was going to just reach out to the cartel and ask them to meet up. Oh, and, okay. Uh, they were like, sure. Just get together. Just have a cup of coffee or something. Legitimately. Wow. So they, to her shock and to my shock, they were like, yeah, sure. Let's get together. To my shock. Yeah. Uh, so she waited at a restaurant downtown called El, oh God, El Junior. It's spelled like Junior. El Junior. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Until she was joined by a slender man wearing, not slender man. <laughs> oh, okay. I was like, well, this? <laughs> Took quite a turn. Can you imagine a slender man ran the cartel? Oh my god! And also a a, a moth man. Oh my and god! Also- <laughs> he runs the competing cartel. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so this this like kind of lanky man shows up. He's wearing a walkie-talkie, and he sits down across from her. Okay. So she spends the time like begging him to release her daughter, and uh, he has his little radio, his walkie-talkie. That's kind of burbling gur- i don't know the right word like it's kind of talking on and off gurgling I gurgling like yeah. <laughs> babbling i don't know what's it muttering muttering something it's talking itself away um uh-huh. <laughs> kind of like we do i was gonna say <laughs> so the man insisted that the cartel did not have her daughter but he offered to help find her for a fee of two thousand dollars so Miss Rodriguez agreed to pay, even though she didn't have much hope that this was true. And as he left through the static of his burbling radio, uh, she heard someone call him by his name. And his name was Sama. Okay. So this is Sama. just like an origin story for you. It feels like it so far. Right? It's like okay, dramatic. We have, we've got a clue. Finally. And obviously, I'm not right. Exactly, I'm not doing the doing the New York Times article justice. Obviously, but um, it's really well done. So, um, although Miriam does send him the two thousand uh, dollars, after a week, he just completely stops answering her calls. So again, just more money lost and no hope left. She instead starts uh, being bombarded with other people claiming to be the kidnappers. I mean, this is where you just see, like, the worst of humanity. Like, people just taking advantage of this. People just want your money. Yeah, and calling and saying, like, no, no, we know where she is. Give us the money. And they'd say things like, just $500. And the Rodriguez family, like, couldn't 
stop. They just like kept sending it because they thought like maybe this is the real one. Yeah. Yeah. Think of how fast like you could get cleaned out just because like maybe one of these people is telling the truth. Exactly. And so they kept sending it to everybody that asked. Um, But they send the money anyways. Uh, A new burst of hope would fill Miriam every time she sent a payment and then it would be crushed again when there was no callback and no sign of Karen. Mm. So by this point, Miriam, who was actually already separated from her husband, actually moved in with her older daughter, Azalea. Um, Azalea recalls one morning, a few weeks after the last payment, that her mother came down the stairs and told her very, like, matter-of-factly, very calmly, said, Karen is never coming back and there's little chance she's alive. And then she said that she wouldn't stop until she found the people who had taken her daughter and she would hunt them down until the day she died. Okay. Just very matter of fact. Yeah. So Miriam didn't have much to go off, uh, but she did have her first clue. Sama. Sama. Yes. Uh So she uh, took that and then she took all the information that the mechanic had told her about anything he could remember from being in that scenario. And she then did uh, a very Christine move and got on Facebook. And started to stalk their social media. I mean, what else do you do at that point? Right? What other resource do you have? Like, she already met up with the guy in person. Like, at this point, social media is probably the only, the best bet. So, basically, she just needed to find Sama, whoever this Sama character was. She needed to find him. Um, So, she started sleuthing social media. Uh, hours upon hours she scrolled through karen's facebook profile looking for any clues of how she might have been stalked or connected to these people um and then one morning her sleuthing leads her to a facebook photograph tagged with the name sama (gasps) and it was the same fucking guy she recognized his his like lanky build uh his clean shaven face she was like that's the guy i met with so finally she had like slender man that's slender man Man. yeah my coffee date yes (laughs) so she she picked she picked up on this immediately and was like okay so first step in her hunt so standing beside him in the photo that she found was a young woman and she was wearing the uniform of an ice cream shop that was two hours away (gasps) in a different city this is Christine. It's like if Christine. <laughs> I know. I was like, yes, girl. It's like if Christine and Liam Neeson got together to do like the, the wow. reboot of, of Taken. That's just, I got goose cam for real. Um, that was it's, like, just not, it's just not Taken, but like the, the Christine files. <laughs> the Christine files. The Christine sits on. It, it, the, the problem is it would be the worst movie because I would literally just be on Instagram into it the would just be hours you of on the a, night. It would be you on a couch scrolling through Facebook and that'd be like three fourths of the the whole episode. And downloading like because I so when I was in, oh, God, like a preteen, I got really good at like scouring like county files, like county tax files. You're it's like really a problem. Like I I developed quite I I mean, to be fair, I finally got my kind of comeuppance um, when I got that PI job and I was like. I was going to say, this is, again, you're Liam Neeson because you're like, I have a very specific set of skills that nobody taught me and nobody should know. And yet here I am. And nobody cares about because they're not going to help you in life at all. And yet if you need to know all about a county clerk from five five years ago, I will teach you everything I know. Oh, I got you, man. I got you. I uh, So I was just like, yes, Miriam, get it. Because I was like, that's exactly how you do this shit. So she sees the woman he's with and she has this uniform on and it's an ice cream shop. So she finds the ice cream shop. It's two hours away. So, oh my God, I just love this woman. So 
what she does. Where am I? I already lost my spot. Oh, my God. I'm Ice so, cream. So worked up. Ice cream. You remember. <laughs> Liam Neeson. Yeah. <sighs> okay. So instead of calling the police, Miriam decides she's just going to keep taking this into her, into her own hands. Like I mean, she's Liam doing a good Neeson. job. Like Liam Neeson. <laughs> exactly. Just, you're not letting me have this moment here, but yet every <laughs> other sentence you say confirms my point here. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Miriam Neeson. Okay. Uh, yes, there it is. Okay. That's <laughs> so, all I wanted. <laughs> yeah, you can have it. So she drives to this shop two hours away and stalks the, st- the ice cream store for, for weeks until she like fully has memorized this woman's working schedule. Wow. And then she waits outside during her shifts until one day Sama shows up <gasps> to meet his girlfriend at the ice cream shop. Oh, my gosh. So she follows the couple home, writes down their address. I just love this because she doesn't, like, confront them. She just, like, does sleuthing from the she, background. She lets, she lets life do what it's going to do. Totally. And she's an observer. Totally. I also – that was bold for her with one picture to assume that they were dating or would ever see each other again, though. Because – I know. I would have thought like, okay, well, they were in a picture together, but like, I'm in a picture with a lot of people. I well, I mean, but she probably had from that picture, she had their profile, so maybe she could tell. Like, oh, maybe, you know what yeah. I mean? Because he was tagged in it. Uh huh. Yeah, I'm not I, positive, yeah, that, but I was well, shocked too. I went like, wait, I was like, they're dating? I was like, that's a that's a leap to be like, oh, he'll definitely be at the ice cream shop at some point. Totally. Yeah. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, I'm wondering if like maybe who knows what the caption was, or maybe yeah. I don't know. But Hopefully she seemed- it says, I love my Slender Man, especially when I work from two to six every Thursday yeah. at this ice cream shop. His favorite is mint chocolate chip. And also, comes- our address is this, yeah. and <laughs> we have your child. Also, here's your daughter and all your money back, I wish. Right. Um, so she follows them to their house, writes down their address, and she then contacted the police to let them know of her findings. Just be like, I'll let you in on my in- intel. <laughs> Um, but they said in order for them to do anything, she needs more than an address. She needs a name. Sama. Yeah. So she knows Sama, but that's it. She doesn't, I guess, know any more detail about this guy and they need like his identity in order to go get him. Um, so she's like, all right, fine. So she cuts her hair and dyes it bright red. Good night. (laughs) So that, uh, Sama won't recognize her. And then she finds a government uniform that she happened to have kept from an old low-level job at the health ministry, which again sounds very Christine because I'm a a, a nut who like keeps everything. If there was just a in P- case, if there was a PI uniform you got, you own it to this day. <laughs> if there's like a uniform from an ice cream shop I got, I probably still own it. To oh this my god, I, I literally still have my my hat from Chipotle. Like, yeah! like why not? Why That's not? pretty cool, though. To be fair. I was like, no one else gets one of these. No, that's actually pretty cool. Unless Um, you earned your place above the corn salsa. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, once, uh, so when we left LA, Blaze was leaving his job at the hospital there, obviously. And I was like, oh, he's like, I'm going to throw these scrubs away. And I was like, no, I want to keep them. He's like, why? I was like, I don't know. And I still have them. And I'm like, what am I supposed to do with these? I don't know, but I have them just in case. Like, it's really silly but my my mom she's about to change out the flooring in the basement and it's the same carpet since we moved in in 96 Ooh! (laughs) and so i told her i was like can you cut a square out for me and she was like what will you do with this and i was like you don't need to know and i don't even need to know i just want it (laughs) i don't even need to just cut me a square i don't know why you can't just say yes and move on that's all i want 
Em and I are highly sentimental people. I don't think you've noticed everybody from it's, listening it's to It's one of those show. things where it's like we neither of us know what we're going to do with our carpet or our scrubs. Certainly. But not. in the middle of the night one night, we're going to figure it out and it's going to be so fucking genius. It will be. Yeah. I mean, listen, if Miriam needed it to literally capture these murderers, like who knows what a carpet might do? Well, even like my so my uh my grandpa who passed away his wife always saved all of his ties after Aww. he died. And so I guess this year for Christmas, it hasn't gotten to me yet, but apparently she made each of the grandkids um, a pillow out of all of his ties. <gasps> that is so cute. So like, imagine what you can do with scrubs because those are m- much fatter than ties. Thank you. I mean, I hope You're he welcome. doesn't die because I don't want it, I don't want a reason to make a no, sentimental no, no. item with it. But well, I'm just saying you could make it for the cats and be like, look. That is ne- a great idea. Halloween costumes. Listen. The options are endless. If you have endless. any, tweet them at me. <laughs> endless. You could be Liam Neeson in a, in a, in a hospital. You could just... Yeah, I could show up to a hospital and say, I am Liam Neeson. And you could just wear the scrubs and go on Facebook and you have your whole costume right there. There we go. Listen, I could impersonate Blaze. And no I've one done it. It's know. fun. You have done it. That's true. <laughs> um, well, do you want to do it again? Because I have like six pairs of scrubs. I was going to say. <laughs> with his name on it. Only if I can have the $300 stethoscope with my costume this time. Oh, man. Well, it's in the streets of LA somewhere because it got lost. So you could probably find it. I'll, I'll do some uh, some dumpster diving. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so she has this uniform from an old, like, low-level job that she's kept miraculously. So she dyes her hair red, puts on this uniform, somehow gets her hands on, like, a fake official-looking ID. And she starts conducting a fake poll of Sama's neighborhood to get his basic information. And with this information now, she goes to the authorities, local, state, and federal with his identity, but no one will fucking help her. She has like a whole like laptop laptop bag full of files. Uh, They describe her as a she looked like a door to door salesperson. Uh, She went from person to person and was like, please help me. And she was not taking no for an answer, but everybody was telling her no. Eventually, she finds a federal police officer willing to assist, and this man has remained anonymous because he said he's not allowed to speak publicly, but he was quoted in the article as saying, when she pulled her files onto the table, I had never seen anything like it. The details and information gathered by this woman working all alone were incredible. She had gone to every single level of government, and they had slammed the door in her face. To help her hunt down the people who took her daughter, it was the greatest privilege of my career." Whoa. So first of all, that sounds like how anyone would discuss. That's how me and Eva talk about you after you do the most basic Instagram search for people. <laughs> You're like, find this person based on this side profile. And I'm like, here's their social security. I've number. literally seen you go off of someone's eye color and first name and find everything one could know about them. So yeah, I'm, I would be really impressed. That's a really big compliment. I appreciate it. I feel like I wasted so many hours of my life developing those skills and when I was not hanging out at parties in high school. So I appreciate uh, the the kindness toward them. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, so then uh, she finally got this guy to help her. But at this point, it was too late because this MFer, Sama, had left town. Uh-oh. So she, he didn't live there anymore. So she was like, well, shit, I went through all that trouble to get his address and now he's gone. So she was frustrated, heartbroken, like annoyed. But she was like, well, I'm going to keep going. So Miriam continued with her social media stocky skills and she tried to identify the rest of the crew. 
And soon enough, she had a stack of photos of Sama posing with other people. So she kind of gathered like his friend group and found the identities of these other people he was spending time with. As all potential of his homies. Of all his of his homies. homies. Totally. Yeah. And then on September 15th, 2014, which is the eve of Mexican Independence Day, the wildest shit happens. Like this is where the universe was like, okay, Miriam, I'll throw you a bone. So Miriam Rodriguez's son, Luis, was closing down his own shop in Ciudad Victoria to attend the Independence Day festivities with his family, which is like street parties, parades, fireworks. So he's closing down his shop and he notices one last customer who's browsing the hat section. And it was a young, slender man. (gasps) And he looks at him and he's like, holy shit, that's that Sama guy my mom is trying to track down. And he just Get happens out. to be in his shop. Like, he's just wandering the hat aisle. What? Okay. <sighs> so I'm like, wow, thank they're God. Celebrities, they're just like you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Browsing the fedoras. Yeah, just like me. <laughs> oh, my God. So, yeah. So he goes, holy shit, that's the guy my mom's like trying to find. So really stealthily, Luis uh, follows him home. Uh, careful not to lose him and then obviously has called police as well to say like i've spotted this guy come get him so he follows him home and the police arrest sama in the central plaza so they fucking nailed him wow when they were arresting him he was kicking and screaming and he claimed he had a heart condition which i don't think is even true and was basically like freaking out and uh they were able to bring him to the police station unscathed and in custody he actually filled in details missing from miss rodriguez's investigation um he revealed some of the names and locations of accomplices that she had like gotten photos of and so finally she's filling in the gaps of like what she could get from social media and now what he's telling her or telling the police um so one of the names was this kid basically named chris christian jose zapata gonzalez an 18 year old he had like just turned 18 so he had been a teenager um which is just very sad and he was terrified during this police questioning um and miss rodriguez sat outside the interrogation room with a friend and she was watching this go on and the teenager asked if he could see his mother and then he told the officer he was hungry so miriam touched entered the room and gave the teenager her own fried chicken lunch And then left to buy him a Coke and came back to bring him a Coke. And the officer was like, what are you doing, Miriam? Like, we're trying to interrogate this guy and you're feeding him chicken. And I mean, I also, sorry. No, no, go ahead. Continue. No, no, no. It was not important. When I said, well, when you first said the she gave him her fried chicken, I was like, that's not even just like a normal lunch. That's not a bologna sandwich. Yeah. Yeah. That's not that's not your average Joe, you know, Caesar salad. That's that's the creme de la creme right there. And that's uh not an extra. That's her lunch too. Yeah. Like so you should have just... you should have given it to him after he solely found your child. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. what you that like dangled it in front of him and said like this is for Yeah, yeah. exactly. But it worked because he's like this officer is like what the hell are you doing, Miriam? And she replied that this boy was still a child no matter what he did and I am still a mother which wow. makes me tear up. So we're going to keep going. That's a, such a that's such a kind, wonderful maternal way to look at it. Right? It's so powerful. In a space where I don't have the instincts for that yet. So yeah, I would, yeah, totally. 
would have never thought that way. Wow. What, you and I giving up our fried chicken? Uh-uh. That's not going to happen. We don't give each other fried chicken. Unless you have a million dollars in that sweet little pocket of yours, you are not touching to this fried chicken. To buy more fried chicken. Right. <laughs> <laughs> to replace this fried chicken I'm about to lose. I don't even eat fried chicken anymore, but I, the thought is just like so disheartening. I literally, while you were talking, I, without even thinking, because I'm at home and able to use my laptop right now, Without even thinking, I have shown up at Postmates on Popeyes. <laughs> it just appeared. It's like sleep it just, eating. Well, like we're 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 doing this at like lunchtime, my time, and I without even thinking, just Freudian. <laughs> I am about to apparently order some fried chicken after this. So. I tell you guys, we can kill M pretty easy. I know M wants to kill It'd me. It'd be with so bread. simple. Like, I would. I the could worst drop is that dead. both of ours is food related. That's pretty telling. I think. It really. I mean, it's. I do think about like in terms of like oh. How easy would it be for someone to get me? So easy. Like, <laughs> it, like, it's embarrassing how it would be difficult to keep me alive, really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hear these stories and I'm like, I can't relate to any of this because my instincts are so bad. I would probably just like sit on Facebook. Survival? What's I'd that? be too scared to call somebody as Miriam. So I would just sit at home and find their Facebook and be like, well, dead mm-hmm. end. I can't make a phone call because I have anxiety. Time to eat more chicken. Time to eat my fried chicken. Um, so she basically says, I'm still a mother and he's still a child, which is just like putting yourself above the whole situation and is just so heartbreaking. Um, and her generosity worked in her favor because after eating and accepting her lunch, uh, Christian told them everything. He said that Mexican Marines had killed six of the other accomplices of Karen's kidnapping and murder. But he said, I'm willing to take you to the ranch where they killed them and where their bodies should still be buried. Whoa. So he led them to an abandoned ranch, and I'm going to put the photo um, up in the YouTube video, at the end of a dirt road where a tractor marked a gravesite. And so Miriam was uh, obviously there with the search party, and they found bones of varying sizes. They found bullet holes on the outer walls of the house. Uh, there was a noose hanging from a tree branch Ooh. nearby. Yeah, I mean, really disturbing imagery um they also found a stack of personal belongings and amongst the debris miriam found karen's scarf (gasps) and she was like she oh no it's just that like sinking feeling yeah um so she finds her scarf she also finds a seat cushion from karen's truck uh so she's like she was here but forensic agents claim karen was not among the dozens of bodies they had identified at the ranch but seeing the scarf and knowing what she knows Miriam's like no no I don't believe you my daughter right. has to be here right she was definitely here at some point like exactly there's, there's no chance like, that she made it and nobody else did or, or that her scarf made it there and she did it or yeah it's just like no no her no. her fucking seat got here yeah like, right her butt, like, every her butt part of her got here. <laughs> yeah exactly so she's like no no I'm gonna dispute you on this and uh so I put a little less than three symbol next to this bullet, like a little heart, like a, a little, little heart, space heart. <laughs> yeah. Because it says a lot of officials had grown tired with Miriam Rodriguez's pushy attitude. They said she swore a lot and had a foul manner about her. And I'm like, yeah, I would. Yeah. Too. Duh. I have one and I don't even have a daughter to look for. Like bingo. Yeah. Sorry. It would be weird if she didn't have a yeah. pushy attitude or whatever. Can you imagine if she was like, that's fine. Never mind. Yeah, totally. It, she has a pushy attitude, but she's like giving fried chicken to like a little boy. I mean, she's not a fucking terrible person. Like, this just makes me mad. Yeah. So apparently they said they, they I think I'm going to read this bullet in a minute, but they said they didn't like her, but they respected her, which I was like, okay, that's pretty badass, I guess. 
Yeah. You know, like, I'll take it. Yeah. Um, so as we already suspected, Miriam was right. The following year, a group of scientists found a piece of femur bone belonging to her daughter at the ranch. Oh. So she was right. And the officials, like I said, began to respect her because now she's like right about all of this. And she's basically moving this investigation forward herself. Um, and they didn't particularly like her, uh, but they did respect her. And Miss Gloria Garza, an official in the state government, said, quote, not everyone got along with her, but you respected her mission. <laughs> I was like, yeah, wow. I guess. I mean, how could you not? So now this is where it gets even just <sighs> wilder. So on the drive back from the ranch, uh, Miss Rodriguez passed Miriam passed a barbecue restaurant near the entrance of the dirt road that led to the ranch. And she uh, recognized this place. It's like sort of a flashback. She remembered having eaten there with her daughter, Azalea, only two days after Karen disappeared. Mm -hmm. And at the time, she, there was a neighborhood resident there. Her name is Elvia Yuliza Betancourt, Betancourt. And she okay. had been seated at a table by herself drinking a soda. And so Miriam is remembering like two days after Karen disappeared, she was there with her older, her other daughter. And she saw this like neighbor of theirs that she had known since she was a kid. Like she had known this woman since she was a child. Wow. And um, this woman, Elvia had been abandoned by her mother who was a sex worker at the local brothel. And Miriam actually used to give Elvia Karen's old clothes to like help support her as she was growing up. So it was like, she was the, Wow. The young woman that... What a nice woman at I all know. turns. Jeez. Every time I'm like waiting for her to like snap and it's, it's like I would... To it'd be, be totally justifiable. Yeah. But every little piece... I'm, I mean, I know that one was like part of her past, but I'm like, when does she become... When does she have one bad flaw? So she's, far I have seen such none. a good movie. It's like she's a vigilante, but like with a heart of gold. You, you know? just want her to win. You just want her to win. Totally. So she recognizes so this is she's having this flashback moment when she sees this restaurant near the ranch and she's like i remember i was there with uh azalea and i saw this woman elvia and uh so that day miss uh miriam had gone and said hello to elvia and had said have you heard about the news about karen disappearing and everyone had heard this news it's not a big town at all and elvia goes no i don't know anything about it and Oh, she is thinking back now. I literally have goose cam just thinking about this. She's thinking back now in this flashback. Like it always struck me as weird that she acted like she had never heard this news, even though everybody knew about it. Right. Yeah. And now she's putting these pieces together of like, this is right next to the ranch where my daughter's body was found. This woman was acting so weird and like knew the fam knew our family and uh -huh. acted like she hadn't heard anything about Karen's disappearance. So, I mean, a lot of dots to connect that are very far apart where I'm like, holy sure. crap. So after driving by this restaurant, she th starts to think maybe Elvia knew something. Maybe she was even sitting in that restaurant to uh, alert the cartel if the police were coming to the oh. ranch. Like maybe she was a lookout type person. Uh-huh. Okay. So uh, Miriam races home. She dives back into her research, aka social media, and she discovers that Elvia was indeed romantically involved with one of Karen's kidnappers. What? I know. Uh, oh. The ooh. What? I don't know if you can see the goose Yeah, cam. right? It's I like, don't know. It's like, ooh. Okay. It's so shivery. Um, <laughs> and this guy, this kidnapper, was already in prison for an unrelated crime, but so she confirmed that elvia was indeed ha most likely had some intel um 
So what she did is just like the ice cream shop, she waited outside of the prison during visiting hours every single day, waiting for Elvia to come visit her boyfriend in jail. Wow. And one day, she's uh, such a badass. I'm sorry. I know. I'm, <laughs> I'm just like, like, she's like, well, I guess we're doing the waiting game again. I guess I gotta sit in my car. And she's fucking rocking it. I mean, I this woman. Okay, I'm I know, sorry. She's such a badass. No, truly. Like, oh my, uh, yeah. So she sits outside until Elvia finally shows up and calls police and is like, found her. And so police show up and literally take her in. And then they also discover that some of the ransom calls had actually been, had actually come from Elvia's house. So like this woman that no. had known, she had like clothed her as a child and is now. What? I was going to say the B word, but. What? What a butt. What? What a, what a butt. What a big butt head. What a, what a, what a booty head, you know? What a big booty head. Yes. Wow. So, like, I mean, yeah, the someone who's like actually like tended to you and been there for yeah. you and taking like, care of you when your mother abandoned you. Like, oh my it's god, that's next so terrible. Level. Okay. Yeah. So they take her in, find out that the ransom calls had come from her house, and uh, Miriam keeps going on her mission. She's just like left and right, just like put them away, put them away. Um, She's like, I'll fucking handle it. Don't worry. <laughs> you sit down. No, no one else is doing it. So I'll do it. I'll text you when I find them. Jeez. Um, some of the culprits were already dead. Um, like I said, this was a very hostile and violent time in the area. Others were in jail. So she was looking for anyone who was still alive or still out on the street. And a lot of them had actually already started doing, uh, trying to forge a new life, either taxi driving, delivering gas, um, just being in sales or nannying. And so this made it extra difficult because they had basically started le- leading new lives and had gotten their way out of the gang. So um, basically her entire mission wasn't, her entire mission basically turned this town like upside down. So her friends at some points, which understandably they were worried about her and they were like, maybe she's taking this too far this is like the most dangerous gang in Mexico. And she's just like asking them for coffee and following them home. Like, right. I mean, understandably they were nervous. Um, but one of her friends recalls her saying, I don't care if they kill me. I died the day they killed my daughter. I want to end this. I'm going to take out the people who hurt my daughter and they can do whatever they want to me. I mean, truly so, like, I mean, that's a mom right there. Right. That's yeah. like just a like mission. I, would, I mean, yeah, I do anything for my kid. Yep. Yep. It's, ooh, it's shivery. Um, so she's like, thanks for your concern, but I'm going to keep going. So this whole peace and blessings, <laughs> but, um, I'm on my way thoughts and prayers to you and yours. I'm going to keep <laughs> on my merry way. Um, yeah. So she keeps fucking going and the whole town is like on edge now because she's like, I guess it was like unheard of that you go publicly go after a gang in Mexico. Like there was a silent agreement. You don't mess with them. They don't mess with you. But no, she's just like flying in the face of that and saying... She's just poking the bear. Exactly, exactly. So her next target was a guy named Enrique Yoel... Oh, God, I'm probably saying that wrong. Rubio Flores, uh, who was a born-again Christian living in Aldama, a small town of about 13,000 people. Miriam tracked down his grandmother and paid her a visit. And uh, Miriam told her about the situation. And according to uh, Atlanta News Now... The grandmother, with a heavy sigh, told her that the boy had always been trouble, but at least now he was going to church. Oh, <laughs> uh, because when the, when I first heard that, I was thinking like, oh, if you tell grandma what he's up to, he's going to get in fucking trouble. But then it was like, not. grandma was like, yeah, that checks out. 
Yeah, he was in a, a game. Shame. Yeah, it is a shame. So uh, guess where Miriam went? She went to church. She went to his church. <laughs> <laughs> she just went to every single church and waited every single day right? uh, for all the mass times to figure out when exactly he'd be there. Yeah. So the grandma's like, at least he's going to church. And she's like, okay, cool. Where does he go to church? And she's like, yeah, this place down the road. So she goes to his church and she starts attending service at the chapel. And wow. sure enough, she sees him there and calls the police. And she's like, I found another one. So <laughs> police come and arrest him um, inside the chapel. And nobody could believe, like, what was going on. Because, again, he was this, like, reformed man. Um, and one of the parishioners actually asked Miriam for mercy. Like, where's your mercy? But according to her family, who had actually come with her to the church, she firmly replied, where was his compassion when they killed my daughter? Oh, yeah. Bingo. Like, I mean- right. Where's your mercy? It's like, mercy? Yeah, Mer- no I don't, I don't know her. Mercy. What are you talking about? <laughs> right. It's just so wild to me. So the investigation continued. And according to the New York Times, this is like just, I think, the best way to sum this up. Quote, Miriam cut her hair, dyed it, disguised herself as a pollster, a health worker, an election official to get names and addresses. She invented excuses to meet their families, unsuspecting grandmothers and cousins who gave her details, however small. She knew their habits, friends, hometowns, childhoods. End quote. It's just so cool. Um, Her next target was a man she had been hunting for a year. And this is kind of where things turn. So she had. This is where things turn? Okay. (laughs) They turn like back to, I don't know, in a big circle. It's just all so chaotic. (laughs) They turn um, 360 degrees, actually. Or no, (laughs) 180. They turn into a big tornado and everything just goes everywhere. (laughs) Okay. So her next target was this man. She'd been hunting him for a year and she had interrogated the criminals he had worked with to find his whereabouts and had even befriended some of his relatives uh, for clues. So she discovered that he was actually working in Texas as a florist. Um, which he had actually done before joining the Zeta cartel and getting involved in her daughter's kidnapping. So he was on the run and now he was back to selling flowers, which is what he had done before. So apparently as soon as she discovered his whereabouts, she woke up without even like getting showered or dressed threw a trench coat over her pajamas, a baseball cap over her like still bright red hair, put a gun in her purse and headed for the border to find this she guy. Was, there's no time to waste. She no. was like, She's get, my go- get my galoshes, get my <laughs> rain hat. We're on our way. We're on my rain hat over my pajamas. <laughs> I'm picturing like Paddington Bear now. <laughs> I am too. I was a bit like with like a machine gun all of a it's sudden. It's like Mama Bear, but Paddington Bear. Like with I, a like, machine uh, gun. Oh I'm thinking God. of Paddington Bear, but after puberty where he's all like buffed out. He's it's like, like maternity edition. Oh. Yeah. Kind of, yeah, sure. <laughs> However you need it yes oh beautiful so so she takes a gun she gets to the border on the bridge she's scouring the vendors for flower carts but apparently he's selling sunglasses this day but she she sees him and she gets too excited and too close and apparently he recognizes her and runs (gasps) so he sprints along the narrow pedestrian pass trying to get away and miriam who at this time by the way is 56 grabs him by the shirt wrestles him to the rails jams her handgun into his back and says, if you move, I'll shoot you. Wow. And by the way, her family members are with her again. They're just like going with her. Here's Juniper, by the way. Um, her family members are just going with her to all these places and being like, mom, be careful. And she's like running out with a handgun. I mean, it so, sounds almost like a national lampoon situation of like, oh, we're all on a family holiday. A spring break. Yeah. But the only reason we're even at this spring break is because we have to go <laughs> find this murderer. And also, oh, there goes mom again with the gun. Oh, she's who gave mom a gun? Yeah, Chasing exactly. him down. 
Wow. And also what a full circle, because I mean, truly in like in a, in a movie sense of storytelling, it's like, this was such a lovely, nice woman who donates clothes and helps children. And now all of a sudden she's like on the outskirts of town with a a vigilante throwing a gun into someone's back looking for her kid. Oh yeah. It's so badass. And like, you're right. You like so root for her growth character development character development <laughs> you ever heard of it simpsons writers yeah okay take, check it out next time you're in the future check not it. <laughs> bring it back here because we need it okay <laughs> <laughs> um so she wrestles him to the ground uh or to the rails jams a handgun into his back says if you move i'll shoot you and apparently she held him there for nearly an hour waiting for the police to arrive which i can only imagine that hour of like holding a gun to him and being like nope we're still sitting here that's like that, like mom lifting a bus yeah, off your kids. Totally, like, the, the adrenaline, adrenaline must uh-huh. have just been insane. Yeah, totally. Mama bear, no joke. Don't mess, don't mess. So Miriam's campaign, uh, unfortunately, took a turn for the worse because in March of 2017, nearly two dozen prisoners escaped the penitentiary in Ciudad Victoria, where Miss Rodriguez had put away her daughter's killers. So several of the people she had already put away escaped from jail. So, Great. So now yeah. she has to go back out and do this so all over like, fucking really, again. You let him. You let him go. It's like <laughs> mousetrap. You know. Yeah, you like, had one job. I got him for truly, you. Truly, that's him so here. true. Like I put them here. Just like close the door. Oh, they're what out. A pain. So naturally, she became worried because she is becoming, uh, you know, expectedly uh, Los Zetas' number one enemy. Uh, so she asked the government for protection. And so the police are like, oh, yeah, we'll send periodic patrols to your home and work. And she's like, okay. Thank you. Thank you for the bare minimum. Thank but also, you. that's not what I want. It's not going to work. <laughs> but thanks, guys. Yeah. So she's frustrated by their inaction, but she still kept going. Like, she didn't stop her rogue mission um uh so she (laughs) oh my god this is just uh she decides to uh find her next target and it's a young woman who had left town and begun working as a live-in nanny for a family in ciudad victoria and classic miriam literally sits outside this house in her car for several days waiting for the young woman to leave at this point at this point it really is classic miriam classic miriam she's she's got one one real tell all and it's when she's sitting and waiting for days to figure out a schedule she's in that she's in that acura out front and you're like oh mom there she is oh my gosh uh so she sat literally in her car to the point m that she was urinating in cups like she didn't leave the car um she apparently ran her car battery down listening to the radio in the dark so much so that Louise had to come sneak onto the street to jump her car for her. Okay. <laughs> Mom. Uh, <laughs> That's just like your like the quirky little sidekick that shows up every now <laughs> I know. and then. He's after like, not a really again. tough scene. <laughs> now I gotta put my galoshes on. So, <laughs> she spots the woman leaving the house finally after several days. Police get her. But while Miriam is excitedly running to the scene, she breaks her foot <gasps> and fractures her foot. So a couple a month later, she's still wearing her cast and using crutches. And on Mother's Day, May 10th, which is Mother's Day in Mexico, um, as Miriam exited her car at 1021 p.m. on her crutches, a white Nissan truck carrying men who had escaped the prison in March quietly pulled up behind her, according to, to the police report. They fired 13 rounds and she died instantly. Wow, that is not the ending I expected. I know. That was where my heart just like sank into my stomach. Whoa. Okay. 
Wow. So is that a, a the end situation? Almost. <laughs> oh my almost. God. Horribly, her husband, who was inside watching TV, found her face down outside the, their house on the street, <sighs> uh, hand tucked inside her purse next to her pistol. So Miriam's death, I mean, it was like one of those moments that sparked like everybody to kind of finally acknowledge how bad things were. Uh, and the Mexican government scrambled to react. They got two of the culprits back in prison. Um, a couple others were killed in a gunfight. And as for the people who ordered the hit on Miriam, apparently their identities are still a mystery for whatever reason. Whoa. Um, and so in June, about a month after Miriam's death, officials in the state of Veracruz uh, acted with information Miriam had provided and arrested yet another suspect in Karen's case. And... This is pretty graphic. This gets to, like, what the cartel was doing. Okay. Um, so it turns out this woman that they arrested later had beaten and tortured Karen during the kidnapping, hanging her up like a boxing bag and punching her. Uh, and after that, the woman fled to Veracruz, where she drove a taxi for a living while raising her son. So they had found another uh, another perpetrator. And Luis, her son, was obviously devastated but he and he for a little while was obsessing over who these mysterious killers were that had killed his mother. But he basically said he learned his lesson and said, I won't make the same mistakes as my mom. Like, I don't want this to take over my life and end my life because Jeez. I'm obsessing over her murder. So she had done so much um, for not only herself and her daughter, but for local families as well. She had started a collective of parents of abducted children and. Um, and her son, Louise, actually took it over when she died. And uh, the after Miriam's death, um, the governor of Tamaulipas tweeted that the state government will not allow the death of Miriam Rodriguez to be one more statistic. Uh, so her campaign, all wrapped up, ended up being made up of case files, witness testimony, confessions from the criminals she tracked down, dozens of interviews with relatives, police officers, friends, officials, and local residents. And it basically like turned this town, San Fernando, on its head. So she had taken down 10 people. No one had ever challenged organized crime in this way and definitely had never put members of the cartel in prison like on their own before. Wow. Um, and so people were very inspired by her fight, were angry at her death. And so they placed a bronze plaque honoring her in the central plaza of the town. Um, the BBC even reported that the Thursday after her death, mothers protested in Mexico City holding portraits of their missing children during an anti-government march. And uh, as I was texting Allison, like, I'm covering the story this week, she was like, man, I can't believe it's not a feature film yet. And then I discovered that Bloomhouse, excitingly, has acquired the rights to the story and oh, is wow. uh, planning to make, I believe, a feature film or maybe a show, I'm not sure, about her story. So wow. I think this is not the end of us hearing about Miriam because the article came out in December. So it's a very recent uh, wow, like story. Brand new. Hot yeah. off the press. Wow. Yeah. Oof. Oof, sorry, that was long. But that is uh, that's the story. Wow. Miss Miriam. I'm glad I'm glad there's going to be a TV show or Miriam Neeson. I'm glad there's going to be some sort of uh, show about that. That first of all, it really does feel like it should be a movie or something. Yes, it does. It does. I agree. But also, I think it'll be nice to an honoring of her of like look, we recognize how fucking hard you you went with this and how like the effort you went in for it wow i've never heard of that story i guess it's me neither brand new but okay but also 
I was about to get mad at Allison because I was like, I live with her and she didn't tell me. No, about but she wants me to cover it for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's why I decided to not be mad. <laughs> also, it's like, like a 10 page article. So don't worry. I read it for you. Yeah, that I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. Well, that was a great story. I mean, oh, I I really it did not end the way that I wanted it to. That's I know. That part just kind of sank my heart, but you would think after enough like spy action movie moves like that, yeah. like you only win at the that end. The like universe you... has your side, yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, good storytelling, Christine. Yay, thank you. You as well. This was a crazy episode, I think. It was way crazy. I was going to think of a different word. But then I couldn't think of one. Why bananas. bananas. Noodles. <laughs> Noodles. Gosh. Food. Sandwiches. Food. Oh, I have to go order fried chicken now, actually. I know. So. I'm hungry. <laughs> well, uh, thank you to everyone listening. Happy New Year. Hopefully things definitely go better this year. Hopefully, although who's to say? No Not jinxing us. it. <laughs> um, hopefully you have a lot of sandwiches in your in your future. And uh, that's it, I guess. If you, wanna, if you want to follow us, we're in That's Why You Drink. Dot com and our socials are VM Schultz, X Teen Schiefer, and uh, ATWWD podcast. And ooh, gross with three W's. And ooh, gross. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys. And that's why we drink. Eat sandwiches. Oh, eat sandwiches. Okay. <laughs> eat fried <laughs> chicken. Eat fried chicken sandwiches. Fried okay. Chicken. <laughs> Bye. Bye. When it comes to buying your first home, everyone has questions. Can we even afford to buy a house right now? Well, I need to negotiate. How do I even negotiate? Luckily, a REMAX agent has answers. Hey, Brian, those are really good questions. They are? Thanks. It's my first time buying. I work with first-time buyers all the time. I got you. REMAX agents have more experience than other real estate agents. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated.